Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. It's that time of the week again. The Rugby League rant fifth and last. Put on your headgear, chuck in your mouth guard and get ready for an hour of nothing but NRL talk. And we are back for another week of the fifth and last NRL podcast. Three rounds down and plenty of surprises again, Boxhead. Yeah, uh, good competition brewing, very close. Every game has been pretty entertaining, so yeah, I've enjoyed the opening three weeks. Well, I think I heard today, old David Middleton's obviously the stat man. I think the average winning margin, um, the way the ladder's playing out, everything at the moment, it's all the closest it's been since like 1975 or something along those lines. So, okay. a few yeah. of the numbers you brought out. Again, we've talked I'm about... I'm not a numbers man. Nah, but I heard that on the radio. I was driving around at work today um, and just thought, interesting. And obviously, there's some factors like we've talked about before. Last couple of years, some turnover, World Cup, um, a few bits and pieces. But definitely setting up for, you know, a, a really good back end of the year because we've got a few big clubs right down at the bottom. We've got a few clubs we didn't expect up the top and an origin period to come, which is obviously going to have an effect again. So, Well, round three is always interesting because you go from... Everyone sort of has a winning record and a losing record. Mm. After round two, most you know, most of the ladder last week was one and one. You know, you have obviously a couple of sides that were undefeated, a couple that hadn't had a win. But now you yeah, you start to feel a little bit of pressure if you if you're three and oh, you're feeling good. If you're two and one, you're feeling okay. But if you're anything less than that, if you've got the dreaded duck egg next to your name or you you've only got the one win you now, you know, officially are probably under a little bit of pressure, mm. <clears throat> particularly Parramatta, like they're rolling into Penrith. Yeah, it's moving time, and unfortunately, mm. the draw is not exactly that mm. friendly for them, so we'll see how that goes. But as always, we are brought to you by bluebet.com.au. If you're going to have a bet with anyone, do it with the true blue bookie. There's no one better. Download the app today or visit the website. Uh, charity bet this week, no go. I jumped on Kelma Tualagi and... Had a couple of opportunities to get there, but didn't happen. Olakowatu cashed in with the double on the other edge, unfortunately, and the first best bet went up, and I went three or four again. Tuolagi was a leg in that. Manly to win, Walsh to score, Brisbane to win, tick, tick, tick. That was paying a juicy $20. Um, didn't hit, but didn't win, mate. have another swing this week. That's what the best bet's for. They wanted me to throw <laughs> together a multi with a bit of value and have a big swing, so I'm going to keep swinging until I hit one. Good. That's the plan, but for charity, unfortunately... Like I said, uh, he only got 60 minutes. I was surprised they rolled him out for Ben Trebojevic. He's been playing great football to a luggy. I don't understand why you take him off the field at all. I'd leave both the back rows on for 80. But they're obviously blooding him in a little bit, so interesting that one. Um, and also brought to you by Sinclair Hyundai Penrith. Toby and the team, let them get you moving. Corner of York Road and Batch Street. Penrith, visit the website, sinclairhyundai.com.au or give them a buzz, 47600603 and our long-standing partner Jake and Penrith Solar Centre 1800 20 29 30 
There's no one better than Jake and the crew. www.penrosola.com.au. Let them help you, your family, and your back pocket. Penrosola is the place to be. Set of six. Let's jump right into it. Um, first tackle is rest in peace to John Sattler, who unfortunately passed away, aged 80. Uh, back end, I think it was dementia that sort of set in something that we've had a little bit to do with our family. And it's, it's obviously a, it's a sad thing to see somebody when they get to that point in their life, but what, what a life he lived. And nicknamed Gentleman John as well, which is a very appropriate name for somebody who was not only a really, really good rugby league player and a legend of the game and a, a tough bastard, especially for what he achieved in that grand final, playing the whole game with a broken jaw, a four-time premiership winner, but off the field, uh, not a bad word said about the bloke. He was apparently an yeah, absolute never, gentleman. Yeah, never met him, never <clears throat> never got to see him play. Like, I haven't, I haven't watched many games from that era. Uh, but yeah, everything you hear is complimentary, and yeah, I think there's no doubt he'll go down as the toughest player to ever play the game, particularly through that generation. Which you know that was your that was the game that that that's what they wanted their heroes to be. They wanted them to be tough, and they wanted the game was brutal then. It was a different different game. Uh, I had a lot to do with Scott when he was at Penrith. He was um, a mentor of mine when I was at at Dom's. Um, he was at the Panthers and they had whatever jersey you wore, you were partnered up with the player at Penrith who wore the same number. So Sattler was 13, I was playing 13 at that stage. And yeah, got to got to know Scott pretty like pretty well and he's um, an absolute champion. So you know, he'd be a chip off the old block, no doubt. So um, yeah, tough tough day I think for, for South fans, tough day for the Sattler family. And yeah, it's never good just to see some of these original, you know, legends of our game pass away. It's yeah, it's it is sad, very sad. Mm. Like I said before, um, as, as much on the rugby league field, those four <laughs> premierships, captain his club, captain his country. He actually played for New South Wales and Queensland, so I know things were a little bit different before the Origin concept was solidified. But I think more important, Beatson did as well, mm. because I think prior to that, they used to pick him in state before it mm. really got to that concept. But like we said, probably more importantly, we hear about people. And their achievements on the field, it's even more so, you know, like I said, uh, about the man and the character. And there wasn't a bad word said. Hence, like I said before, that nickname, Gentleman John, there wasn't a bad word said about the bloke. So yeah. uh, rest in peace to him and condolences to the Sattler family. Uh, tackle two, one we were talking about before. And I don't think there's a lot really needs to be said around it. But it's just, I guess, another one of those things we talk about all the time. Consistency doesn't exist in a lot of things from refereeing from game to game interpretations, but this year they've sort of changed gradings on things, and we've seen a few odd grades before. We didn't really agree on it, but I thought Felice Cafusi getting a grade two when you've got the example only a week or so ago of the grade one for Joseph Suali. They've just decided unanimously that he is guilty, and he's now got four weeks instead of three. And I understand the reason for the extra loading you know, they say you come into the year with no carryover points, but if you've had three offences of something in the past, that adds a week on automatically. So he started yeah, at two. I don't, I don't like that. He started at two weeks. He got to three weeks <laughs> because of the loading, and the fact he's gone to fight it, it's now got him four weeks. But if if he would have got downgraded tonight, it would have been a fine. It would, that right? That's why I don't understand <clears throat> how you can go from all the I way think, to I think four that, from that two. part of it is ridiculous. I, I thought he should have been suspended for it. I, I hate I it. Don't, I don't think it's a fine. I, I think he hit him in the back with force. I think it's a dog shot. That's my opinion, and I'm not going to change it. I think the Sawali one was completely different. Like you, you want to pull one out of your ass and compare it. Sawali put his head down, he wrapped his arms, 
Felice knew the ball was gone and hit him in the back. Well, I think he got there earlier than Swali. So, in my opinion, yeah. and again, similar to the year, some of the players said today, Dale I don't care what the players say. I'm, I'm looking at it and I'm making my own mind up. I don't care what other people say. This this is the thing. I, a lot of us just go with what you know everyone else says. Oh, okay, well, so we'll, we'll go over there. I don't care what the players say. I don't care what anyone says. don't just get I look at it. to do whatever they want. They don't, but they shouldn't be hitting the back. I didn't think it was that bad, honestly. Okay. So... You don't think he could have pulled out of that time? I think you slow mo that as much as you want. I think he was already in motion and the ball wasn't gone yet. When he gets there in slow motion, sure, it looks twice as worse. I think he got there or he was already in motion. And I think somehow he pulled, it was a lot less brutal than what it could have been, in my opinion. Yeah, it was, but, it was needless. It was in the back. They get him. It's a defenseless player. <clears throat> anyway. Yeah, well, again, I think that the main point I was getting at was more the grading side of things. We're not going to agree on everything, but they've sort of come in and changed oh, their I agree way. with that. I don't think you should get four weeks for it. No, nah, but the way they're looking at the gradings, I'm like, okay, there's been a few already that are really at the top end where it's I like, I think well, it's probably worth probably worth two weeks. All, all this crap about you get more for things that you've done previously, I, they just need to throw that just out. Just charge it on its merit. Just charge, charge. The charge is the charge. I hated the merit points. Loading and, and the carryover. Bullshit. But this now, that if you get three of this and three of that, like, does that ever go away or does that stay as well? So as soon as you get three. And they change it every year. So it's the same point again. Like we hated carryover points because they stay, but this is a similar principle. So if you have a couple of accidental, like you, you get pinned for everything now, absolutely everything. Like there was over 20 fines and charges this week, which is crazy. And a lot of stuff, as I say all the time, it's a high speed. Is it crazy though? Contact sport and I don't there's accidents. Some of them are accidents, though. Yeah. Well, some yeah, things but are does deliberate. It doesn't mean that you don't get charged for it. Yeah, but I mean, if you're going to fine and charge and pick and like everything, like you're talking about, we want and listen, players like I said to you earlier, how, how many charges were there? 20, 25? There was 20 see, or more. see what that is in round 10. Because it'll be a hell of a lot less. Because this happens every year. We have little things that the game wants to pull out and the referees want to target. And then as the competition you know, gets into full swing, you know, we probably go back to the norm a little bit more and we accept things that, you know, are just part of our game that you're never really going to get rid of. So, mm. well, I but just... that's, that's hitting players in the back, defenseless players in the back is something we, we need to get rid of. And the only way to get rid of it is to suspend players. Not to say, oh, it's not that bad, you know, or, or compare it to other incidents. I. Yeah, I, I think you deserve to be suspended. Do I think four is fair? I think four is unfair. Yeah, four is fucking crazy. Four, four, if he absolutely wiped him out, he deserves four. But and I, I agree with that. I don't think he absolutely wiped him out. I think it could have been worse, definitely. But he still hit him in the back, defense, a defensive player in the back with force. So I think he should be suspended for that. Hmm. Well, again. But again yeah, but- I think two weeks would have been fair in yeah. my mind. Or that would have been the initial charge if that. Or even a week if you go your first offence is a week and then it, it goes up up well, the ladder as you go. First. I don't, That's I don't the know. thing. The whole fine. To, I don't know. You get from a fine all of a sudden next grade to four because it was going to be two weeks. But three I'm also loading. I'm probably also of the of the thought that I don't like seeing players miss games. Well, slamming something like this is essentially saying don't challenge anything. Just no, accept. No, but what I just think it's it's well, that one of those things which is it's just a certain type of tackle that. Yeah, I, I, I just don't, I don't like that, that tackle. Well, it's two extra weeks basically now for challenging the grading and for having prize. Yeah, I don't think you should get charged more for like, challenging the grading. That's, yeah. And that's more so I'm looking at. Like, I, th- I thought the grading was wrong from the start, but then to be punished in that sense. I, I almost think that you should agree. be able to make a case to the judiciary in writing to, down, to downgrade. I don't even know whether it needs to be 
that publicised. Like once you receive the charge sheet on the Monday or whatever, like the NRL receive it the day after the game, I think, don't they? I don't understand why you can't, in this case, right? So if you're an NRL club, say, pull the Swali one out and say, hey, we're going to challenge the grading yeah, of this. This is a grade one. And do all that privately. That's what I don't I don't like the whole publicising like tonight. Like but then, then if the NRL come things. back and say no, then you can see, in, see, in, see the judiciary. Mm. So, yeah. I just, again, I, that, that word we use in a lot of terms, but across the year, there'll probably be more. But in one case, like I said, it was no sin bin, not even a. I think it went back for a penalty. I don't remember if it went back for a penalty. And fine. And then we've got the other end of the scale now where it's up to four weeks for challenging it and prize. Like, I just think. Yeah, that side of it just has me absolutely baffled. So we'll see what happens across the year. Tackle three, more the point we talked about last week. Right now, after three rounds, we find ourselves six of the top eight were non-finalists last year. All the top four non-finalists from last year. The team coming first or equal first is the new club, which is generally not how things work out. And of our bottom five right now, we've got three of last year's top four, who are obviously teams that are heavily affected from... World Cup and lack of preseason and turnaround, but I, I think this is really setting up more with what I've said with the origin period coming as well. When you know those clubs are going to contribute heavily again to what will be an absolute log jam crazy finish to the season, and probably one of the best we've ever seen. Yeah, it's early, and I, it's there's early. circumstances I, around it, but it's not that far away when you yeah, think. I about think it. if we get to sort of round six, round eight, and it's as as jammed as it is. Mm. Yeah, well, it's it's hard to make a move when you're going through that period and there's going to be buyers and players missing. And mm. I think for some of those teams, like looking at my own team, I'm seeing people already going, oh, Melbourne are screwed, Melbourne are this, Melbourne are that. I'm like, well, they're not. no one's trained. No one's been there. They barely got a minute to know a couple of guys the other night. They've got a stack of injuries yeah. and they're not going to risk anything right now if they don't have to because realistically... And realistically, you only need to be 50-50 exactly. to get the finals. And they, they've got to get through the origin period, which won't be as heavy as what it has been, but you know there's going to be Harry, Munster and a few important players missing. They need to get to the back end in the best condition they can and try and whip this thing up, which is definitely... Like, I, I didn't see him getting in the top four. I had him outside of the top four for this sort of reason, but this is obviously not the ideal start. And getting more injuries, including Munster missing game one and Papenhaus and Gordon knows when he's come back. Mm. He's obviously put them in a bit of an odd position, but I, I wouldn't be writing off any sort of team that's with a slow start. Like, the Raiders only just jagged their first win... Cronulla's only got yeah, all the Raiders could have won all exactly, three. but Parramatta could have won all three too. That's what I'm saying. No, I, I and I agree. So with I that think thought. a lot of these teams, like I wouldn't be going. That's what I'm saying. Just let's just yeah. Like if some out, of these teams get to Origin, like you're saying, less than fifty fifty, and they've got representative players, and they have a tough period, then it's going to be a hard run home. Hmm. When you get to the point where you're relying on results, and you're looking there, going, "Oh, we got to cap off," you know, like eight of the last ten or seven of the last ten, then you you're in a bad way. Yeah, I think it's it's almost like if you get two games or three games below 500 or below yeah. even, that's when you go, shit, like we've got to win four in a row. Or when you're two stage. or three away from the eight and you're sitting there There's going, okay. There's not many teams that are going to get on a roll and win, nah. you know, three or four or five in a row. But I wouldn't push the panic button. Except for the teams that are going to, they're going to end up in the top eight anyway. Like, Parramatta, yes, it, it is a big hole to start with and the draw certainly doesn't help that. But <laughs> if, if they're 0-5, then I'll be pushing the panic button. But for a lot of these other teams... Oh, I, I, if they lose on Thursday... Yeah, well, there's not many 0 and 4 that are going to be. Well, that was another one. They were talking about premiership winners. I'm like, forget premiership winners. What about just making the eight when you're 0 and 4 or 0 and 5? They were saying the last team to win a comp, I think, was Newtown 90 years yeah, ago or but something. Yeah, you've also got to link it into the stats and data we have around I don't like, have the top four. Yeah, I certainly don't just have top them. four. Like, you need to be top four to win the comp. No mm. one, no one's won the comp outside of the top four in yeah under this current system. And when did we go to the current? This current system it was a long time ago. Mm. 
like I said, I think this is going to make out for an absolutely outstanding run home in the season. Tackle four, and add on to a point we talked about last week, but now been announced that an 11-day stand-down will be mandatory for all concussions, but there's different conditions around it. If it's a Category 1, which is obviously game over, done dusted, there is no way to come back early from that. If you have a Cat 1, it's 11 days minimum, so you will miss a game. Yeah. There's no argument around that whatsoever. But conditions around a Category 2, whether you failed, not come back on, etc., is that there is rules around that. So you automatically stood down, and then there's the potential to miss the first game and or the second game, depending on how you turn around. But you will be able to return sooner under a Category 2 in exceptional circumstances, which is including approval from an NRL-appointed neurologist, which I think is important. So they're going to pick a doctor or go to someone that's not a club, yeah. get to pick a neurologist <laughs> or go somewhere else. It's going to be an independent doctor um, on the outside that they have to approve to return early. They have to be asymptomatic the day following the concussion. There's a cognitive test that has to be returned to normal. And that player will be ineligible to apply for that in that circumstance if they've had five or more concussions previously. So there's plenty of players under that category already. Your Victor Adleys, your Callum Pongs, any of those guys caught one, they're getting 11 days mandatory now. They'll yeah. be wiped. Um, if you've experienced a concussion in the past three months, so again, that's going to apply to a lot of players. There's a lot of guys getting head knocks um, a lot closer together than that. And those who have already had a prolonged recovery period. So you're looking at your Luke Kearys, Victor Adleys, etc. again, that have had those. Sort of stint. So this is going to be very blanket that almost every concussion turns into an 11-day stand-down unless you're one of these guys who's having a first one or you've had a minor sort of knock. Yeah, to get even, if, even if you've had your first one, it's, it's under you have to go to the neurologist under exceptional circumstances. And it, that would be to say that I don't have any symptoms. A lot of the guys who get concussed, like you have symptoms, mm. definitely. Like I, can, I reckon I had maybe two during... My playing days, I had one really, really bad one. And then I reckon there might have been a couple there where I felt crook. But there was one there where, yeah, it was probably like a good two days where it was, yeah, bad. Like oh. vomiting and couldn't be, couldn't look at light, like had to be in a dark room. Okay. Yeah. So I, I, I certainly didn't have like a shitload of them, but you, you can remember the ones that were bad. I'm like you. I only, I had one really, really bad one and I think I was about 11. But I got dumped on my head, like all head, and I instantly felt sick. And I like threw up and I was terrible for three days mm. and didn't feel right and head spins. But I just instantly had a sick feeling and was all over the joint. I've had a few minor ones, the ones we talk about that you probably get away with. I call him the Josh Jackson, who always used to run out of tackles. <clears throat> We've maybe gone head to head or copped a bit of a shoulder and had a quick blank moment and sort of got your bearings back. But I, I've never been knocked out cold. No. I've had, yeah, two or three sort of rattles. I do have someone though in this circumstance which I completely agree with what they're doing for this is one of my best mates I won't name his name but he listens to this he had a real bad run as we got older of knocks and then went back and stopped and went back and he got to a period there where he literally went on autopilot for a few days rang me and just said that his wife had told him like because he'd sort of snapped in and almost asked what was going on and she's like I just told you this this and it like what's going on he literally said that from Sunday or whatever, the last time we got a knock, almost for seven days, he dro- drove to work, worked, done all this sort of stuff. Like, literally could not remember a thing and almost felt like he'd come out of a haze. And then she started explaining stuff to him. Mm. And he stopped playing mm. immediately then when he was about 24. That's pretty scary. But he'd had repeated yeah. ones, again, well before we had all this sort of stuff where knocked down, gets back up, goes to the bench, you're right, mate, play on, like, 
got a multiple in a short space of time, but had a lot in the last sort of few years between 18 to 22, where obviously it was getting easier and easier for him to have a concussion or have a head trauma. Yeah. But I remember him ringing me and just sitting there. I like, I was like, man, I worked with you and you, you seemed normal. We work on live electricity at times, but he literally reckons it was almost a week until he sort of just had this sudden snap moment and felt like he'd come to consciousness, mm. which is pretty bloody scary. So, um, yeah, I agree with this. And there's another point we'll make off the back of this, but I'll, I'll leave it. Actually, no, I'll go straight to it because there's another one that I'll finish off. But tackle five, the next point was on the back of this. I was wondering today, Sure, there's got to be something here because we're talking about injuries, we're talking about concussion, we're having earlier in the year the heat issues, squads already been decimated like we're talking about last week, which is an effect of the last few years, but also moving forward, you're going to have to do something to address this. The RPA are already in discussions with the NRL and the clubs about next year having squads of 38. So at the well, moment, we've got it should be. squads of 30. We have four development players on top of that, and then you might have a few training trials. So 38, 30 is still at the top. They haven't... <clears throat> They've got to discuss how they get to it, but are those eight players supplemented with extra money? Are they all full-time? Like, they're going to have to come up with a way. They should be all full-time. But if you're going to go Particularly to this, if you're then going to go and expand the game. Mm. I spoke about it last week. You need guys to be full-time and for a period of time. This is that point again. If you want more guys to reach that standard where at the moment you're getting exemptions outside we'll your 30 or your four, you need more of them training and playing more often yeah. or training at that standard all week. So, hence why we talk about it again. Well, I'm like... I've done this day to day for the last three, four years. Like, seen the difference between yeah, a part time player and a, a full time player. Mm. It is like. It's huge. It is poles apart. Even in treatment, though. I remember. Absolute poles apart. You go from park where you can barely get your own physio, this, that, and the other, and then you go to a club and you're getting that on the daily. They've got all that. Right? They're, they're, like, all the stuff that NRL get on the surface, like just your basic care, like your physio, your medical, but it's having the time to do it. They've got families, they've yeah, got jobs. Work it's all, all that and stuff. And recovery. When and working, recovery, you, you don't have the whole day just to recover and, you know, do it full-time like the full-time players yeah. are doing. Even, even the under-20s concept, difference. which isn't the same now. Like, we used to get flogged, but they knew we were going home to get a bed. Mm. We could do two-a-days. Or you could do that in your pre-season because that's all you were there to do. And I, at the time, I thought, could you imagine working? And we started, some of us worked at a uni during the year. But during the year, obviously, all the hard work's done. It You taper off and you're only really doing a maintenance session during the week, lifting or, you know, a little bit of ball work, etc. The, the pre-season and in-season are completely different. But to look at that pre-season, I thought exactly that at the time. I could not imagine doing this if you are working. It's near impossible yeah, to keep up with that. Not easy. But how they get to it, they don't know yet, but 38-man squads are what they're looking at. So this Just get brings, to it. Work it out. Brings back that point money? again. Is that what we're Minimum wage, getting people full-time, and it needs to be there, not only for the young to bring up younger guys, but also, like I said before, there needs to be a reason for some of these. So guys. how many? How many are they? How many are in squads now, full time? Thirty. Thirty. And develop. What's players. the minimum wage? Well, I think it's been boosted to one twenty now, isn't it? One twenty. And they had development guys got boosted up, so development was only sixty to sixty five. So I think development's now eighty, so they're full time technically, but they can't play until after round ten. This will remove that, so all those extra eight under whatever teams condition. Seventeen teams. Seven eight. Yeah, it's it's an extra sixteen mil. In player payments. So it's less than a million dollars per team. And again, all their salary caps basically come by the grant they get. So sure, the clubs can fund some part of this if they have to to supplement the extra little bit. Mm. But 38 is what they're looking so at. So divide it by 17. Yeah, it's 960,000. 
Well, they're already paying some of that for outside. Extra, hey, they the are. Development, yeah. they're already paying yeah. probably 80 a head. So you're already paying 320. They've got to come up with 600 grand, basically, to bridge the gap if you want to have yeah, four more, more extras. Who plays? But, yeah, how they get there. And all these guys are available from round one. So there's no, like, Melbourne missing 11 players going to the NRL having to get three exemptions to get someone out of your squad. Or Newcastle having to get exemptions this week. There's none of that. They're there. You probably sign a few extra guys. You might promote a few more kids if you want to go that route, but they're available from the go. And then you look at what we're going through at the moment with the crazy heat we've had. Like, there's going to be guys that are burnt out or a little bit worn out or more prone to injury, the concussion side of things, 11-day stand-downs. There's multiple reasons here why the squad should be bigger. Yeah, I've so. been saying it the Yonks, man. And uh, the last one we got here, I know we try to say we'll keep the set of six this year, more to things not related to clubs directly because we can involve that in the reviews of the games. But this one just sort of baffled me to hear today that the Dragons are making Anthony Griffin reapply for his job. So technically he's off contract. It's a soft sucking. But you've essentially publicly letting that kind of come out. You may as well just fire him or tell him he's not going to be re-signed regardless of what he does. Because that's essentially what you're doing by saying reapply for your job. You've already seen what he's done for you the last few years. What else does he need to do? He needs to sit down and talk to you again. What have you not seen? Yeah, well, his, job, his job interview is, is what he's doing. He's already right. been doing he's, it. He's so that's what I mean. This is insulting to even let that come out. Like, and the sadder part, as we said this in the preseason thing, I think they've actually been pretty a lot better than what I expected their first two games. But they were already telling players, from what I'd heard, that he was going to be gone next year. Well, they trying was, to convince people. That was widely reported, wasn't so, it? So what's the truth and what's actually happening? But the fact that they've well, actually, like publis- so. actually publicised this is... Yeah. Yeah, it's... And they talk I about... I feel, feel for Anthony Griffin... Candidates. Well, irrespective of what people think of him as a coach, and I keep saying this, that no one knows what sort of a coach someone is because they're not like they're not there on the day-to-day seeing what happens. Obviously, what the team does on the field you know, is a reflection of what's happening at training, but yeah, I, I have a really hard time bagging coaches when like, I haven't seen them coach. You don't, you don't know, you know what sort of situation they're in, what, what's been dictated to to them in terms of recruitment, retention, staff, players, you know, all the little constraints that go around a rugby league team and how finite and minuscule the difference is between winning and losing in the NRL. It's it's certainly a, a tough gig. Yeah, 100% agree. I just think it's a shit way to handle it though. Like if you're going to no, sack someone, just I, sack I And if you want to do it or you're not convinced that anything's <laughs> going to change because you already have that sample size... Don't pull this bullshit about him having to do a job interview. You've pretty much told him what you're going to do anyway. Well, they're basically saying to him that... It's over. Well, we think... Well, we're not that confident in you. Yeah. So we're going to we're go going to start talking to other people. Have a look at other people and see if we can find someone better. If you're already going that step, though, the writing's on the wall. But candidates, for them, they're a club that obviously loves to hire. It's, t- it's a tough one. It's like... It- What's the purpose of it? That's what I, like when I heard about it today. I was like, "What are they? What are they trying to do here?" Because there's always there's a reason for why they're doing it, right? Appease their fans a lot of the time when they make public announcements. But again, do you think just, it's just that make a shallow? Or, like, they put out bloody surveys about their name every year. Is it because they want him to walk now? Well, I don't know if he will. I think he'll stand his ground. No, I'm but... not saying he will, but I'm trying yeah, to work I'm, out. What, I know. What's I'm... the purpose of doing this? I don't know the purpose, but they're basically you're almost publicly announcing it without owning it that he's gone. That's what I'm saying. So what, and I thought, there's, not, there's not a lot of... They're not going to get a lot of positive publicity for no, this. because there's no, you know, there's no beans in it, basically. They're showing no sack at all. Just, if you're going to do I that... I don't think it's about that. Stand up and drop the hammer if you're going to drop the hammer. They talked about plenty of it in the off-season. They didn't do it. Mm. 
and they've headed into another season. And we said it before uh, in the preseason. I thought they had a coach there. If they were going to make a move, it was perfect for a rebuild because he did it at a club that needed a hell of a lot of help in Cronulla and set them up and Shane Flanagan. They let him go to Manly. So would they try to bring him back? He'd certainly be on my list, but they love hiring their own. They obviously have a target. Well, they love hiring their own. So I'd immediately think of Rolls, Dean Young, Ben Hornby. They're the first three that pop made straight away because they're all ex-Dragons. They love hiring internally or people that have been there previously. Griffin was obviously outside that mould, but for the most part, they've loved to bring back their own. Mm. So you got Hasler outside of that who's been saying he'll be interested in any job or if anyone gets moved on. You know, I, I don't think that's the right move for where they're at. But for me, I think the best coach out there, I've been mean, saying the last few years, still is Shane Flanagan. Anyway. If you have a head coach opening, that's yeah, the first the best, person I'd be going definitely for. Definitely the best credential coach. So, um, whether they'd go that way after having him involved in their club. and Yeah, it's, I guess it's him or Des. But I wouldn't be going after Des. I, I'd be looking at either one of those younger guys or Flanagan, but I think Flanagan's the best coach available. But interesting way they've handled things. and. That wraps up our set of six. Let's but you wouldn't jump. think it's going to be Shane Flanagan, right? Because they've already well, let him walk. Yeah. But that's what I'm saying. If they knew they were going to do this and they're now doing the soft sacking, like you're saying, they've just wasted 12 months. Like, mm. Why bother? If you knew this is what you were going to do, which is essentially what they're saying, you should have got rid of him in the off-season. Handed it over, started the rebuild. Also, for recruitment, this doesn't help anyone next year. If you talk to the Dragons right now and go, who's your coach? Doesn't help. What are they going to tell you? Doesn't help trying to attract players. No, no they're not going to tell you fuck all because they don't even know. They probably do know, but they're not willing to say it. Or they might be doing some dirties behind the door and going, "Yep, yep, this is what we're doing." But they can't guarantee who the coach is going to be. Hmm. They have to hire one. So they've left themselves in a shit spot as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, it's an interesting way to go about it. Hmm. And I think the worst part for this to come out today is I, thought, I think their first two efforts have been good. No one expected them to beat the Titans, and I thought they were pretty good. And up until the 70th minute the other night where they absolutely fizzled out and got burned at the back end, they were right in that game. So, uh, interesting to see how they react this week, given what, what's happened today. Hmm. It's uh, very poor timing, to say the least, but yeah. That wraps up the set of six. Let's move on to the reviews of the games from the weekend. Manly, 34-30 over the Eels. And this one, honestly, for the first 30 minutes, I thought they were absolutely dominant and probably should have bankrolled a little bit more. But at the end there, just sort of a few moments where all that hard work came undone. Like Gutherson just soft down the left-hand side, sells a couple of dummies and slides through and then they managed to jag another one just before halftime to get to 14-12 and I sort of looked at that then and thought, well, that really, really feels like a waste of a half given all the pressure I felt they built, the physical dominance. Schuster looked really good on that left-hand side. Tommy looked dangerous and was running freely, which is a scary thing. It's not, you... not a waste of a half, though. They, like, they dominated the they dominated what period. It was always going to... To go into 14-12, you'd feel like, you know, we've sort of wasted what yeah, we've done. really. But... They wouldn't have liked to have let them back in, but... Not the way they did. Yeah. No two shit tries, really. Um... And the Dury one, even worse. Like, Schuster sort of does the, the mime hands and basically lets him slide straight past him after being so dominant. But second half, just, yeah, the, the game got a bit crazy, to be honest. I know the heat at the back end certainly played a bit of a factor, but every time they seemed to pull away, Parramatta pulled themselves back in and had a chance at the back end of the game. But goal kicking ended up being the difference. Scored the same amount of tries, but penalty goal and extra kick by Garrick yeah. kind of sealed things. But Never felt like Parramatta were going to win that game, though. No, nah. well, the crazy part is they got a lead as well, and they've led all three games in the first three and lost all by four. Mm. So, tough, but I guess decent showing considering the circumstances. But you have a poor start like that. I, yeah, that's more I was surprised that they 
found their way back in so so easily. But yeah, every every time it looked like it was done, they found another one. You've got Olakwadu who goes up and gets it at the twelve there, and then Dill throws that Harbour Bridge pass. There was a bit of a odd connection I thought between Cooler and Tuipulotu. They had a few moments there where they did the opposites on that edge and they got pulled apart a few times. But it's a young, very young edge. Yeah, it is a very young edge, but they busted them. Shulstar, we spoke about it, obviously coming to the grades, defending at half is a bit different to defending at first grade, but with the sheer physicality and size of the bloke, he needs to get in front a bit more of them. That one where he let Dury through was just... Yeah, cool. but also defending at three-man in the NRL, it's a little bit different to yeah doing it in the lower grades, and he hasn't done it for a little while. So, yeah, it's going to take some... Take some learning. Mm. Um, the Hodgson try, that was very interesting. He looked like me playing Oztag on a Thursday. His legs weren't exactly working, but threw enough dummies. He got there, yeah. He sold plenty, like a dodgy car salesman, and found his way over the line, but... Someone just missed it. Was it Jake missing? Jake try? went out, and they had cover for the two outside, but no one coming from in, and he sort of turned him. Dummy, yeah. but he turned like three of them. Everyone just kept yeah. going for somebody else, and like I said, he, he moved about as good as I do at this point in time, but that sort of gave him that last bit of hope. Um, but wasn't to be. So I think all in all, when I look at me and there's a whole lot, I'm impressed. The thing I'm more impressed about, not those defensive lapses or some of those soft tries, which is, again, combination stuff, younger guys learning to defend in first grade, like you're talking about. I'm more impressed with their physicality in defense. It's not just, yeah, wrestle or get it in or scramble, this, that, that. They're pure physicality, in particular guys like Ola Kawatu, Paseka, Jake, we've always known. I think his simplified role, he's got him playing his best type of football. Um, they're just a very physical team. Once they clean up, hopefully, some of those edge decisions in particular where they've been popped a few times, I think, you know, that there's a very good potential here from what you see the other night in Schuster, who's always had that skill. It's people just question what position he could play because of his size. Yeah. But he was certainly effective in the halves. That left side was great. Yeah, great. And having Tom there to float around as well. Cherry Evans is your dominant kicker. I guess the only area we sort of look at again is nine. But if you're ticking three of the boxes in your spine, most teams are lucky to have two decent spine positions, let alone three. So if Schuster can be the best version of himself and incorporate a little more running in with that because of his sheer size, you've got those threats all over the park. You've got size with him and Kelma Tuolagi. You've got the burner on the right side and Cooler paired up with Olakawatu. Cherry steering it and then Tom floating around the back. You can play edge to edge. Batch through the door in the middle with Paseca showing that potential he's showing. There's a lot of positives there to build on. Yeah, there is. But you just don't want to leak the way they did in those two sort of drubs. You want to be able to close games out without having to worry about no, those sort of lapses. So. Defense, but it's early in the year, it's two wins. Mm. Parramatta, um, you know. They didn't, they didn't, I merely didn't leak trials against Canterbury. It was one try for kick from Mahoney. Otherwise, it was a clean shoot. They leaked points in this game. Mm. So, first game, they're pretty good. Uh, the Parramatta side of things, you know, I thought Paulo and a couple of those forwards were great again. I, again, Cartwright's actually surprised me with his first few games. It's, it's been a long time, obviously, in first grade and different clubs. And who knows, maybe a bit more settled with how things are going. But obviously, that's a bit of an issue for them moving forward, the back row side of things. I heard that Dory did his ACL, but he's been named this week. Yeah, I know they were doing ACL tests on him. Don't okay. worry about well, it. Yeah. Some of them, I thought someone dropped out. Oh, he's gone. He's done his ACL. But on the field, yeah. He's he... been named on the bench. So Okay. Well, that's good news. He's obviously clear. To me, I still think that Murchie's a better option on that edge. they got Madison back this week. I haven't seen the lineups yet. I think they might panic and throw him back in there, which still leaves him very light on the bench. But I think Madison needs to stay in that bench impact role. I think I'd leave Hopgood at 13, have him... 
play in that middle rotation off the bench, and I'd give Murchie a go on the edge. I liked what I saw at the back yeah, end of the could, Warriors. You could start uh, Madison at lock and, or start Madison on the edge and then roll him into the middle. You could do it both ways. Mm. I think for them... It just depends on gas. Like, can he get through 80? If he can get through 80, then I'd find a way... Yeah, well, maybe start him on the edge and then move him into but the I middle. But I think he's just wasted. I think at this point, the way he's... And I'd, I'd, go, I'd go a middle with Hopgood and Madison. I wouldn't bring... I'd use that as my way to pinch that extra middle rotation with Paulo and Campbell-Gillard. So put one of them off and then maybe they can tag team and then get them back on the field together at the end. Mm. If you're worried about your reliability and your players on your bench. Like I'm just... Yeah, and I'm, I'm talking also, about Parramatta. I'm not talking about yeah, subs in general. Just you, how do you formulate, A, your best team, get your best team on the field, mm. get your best players on the field and ensure that you start and finish with your best. So mm. you have the best chance of winning the and game. And I'm also thinking like you, but also being able to trust your bench a little bit. That if he's willing but to that's give, what I'm saying. You don't have to trust your bench if you can roll your starters around. He's been like willing that. to give Dury three cracks though. And he's given Cartwright a couple. I think he's probably mm. settled on that until Lane comes back. But I, they signed Murchie for a reason. Sure, they watch the back end of what he did at the Warriors and think maybe give him a couple of weeks to give that a crack as well. Yeah. Like he's using him as a middle primarily. He's not a middle. He's looked a competent first grader. He's an yeah. edge. So out of him and Dury again, I'm not saying my judge is better. So than there, there you go. So you put Murchie on, you move Madison in the middle, you bring one of the props off. That's what I'm saying. Leave Hopgood on the I'd field. I just start with Murchie, have Madison come off my bench and give me. Yeah, some I, see, I wouldn't. I think you need Madison. If Madison can play 80, he's in year, your best 13. You need competent play. edges. And if Lane's at one and Cartwright's the other, Cartwright's got to flip back to the other side of the field. But they need to settle on that other edge. So I think you've given three games right. to both those guys. Lane's coming back eventually. I'd be giving Murchie a go. Doesn't look like they can give Momosi a go. Looks like they see him as a middle. But they had a few guys there and they're sort of stuck to their guns so far. But uh, a lot of people bringing up again the huge minutes and is that going to take a toll moving forward? I think Paul had played like 66 minutes again. Campbell Gillard was up around 60. The bench had minimal um, time. And then Dury obviously got injured. Murchie caught one across the beak, so he was off early. But yeah, Madison returning this week. We'll uh, see how that pans out for the Parramatta side. Dolphins. 36-20 over Newcastle. And, uh, you know, Newcastle, for the most part, were pretty gallant. Very, very young team. Lots of guys out again. Injury, suspension. Ryan Rivett, who was playing SG ball and then moved up the flag last year of the Sharks, uncontracted, comes up here. And, you know, a couple of rounds in, he's playing first grade. Thomas Camp, who played in their Jersey flag grand final last year. And then Dylan Lucas, who's been in their system for a while, but apparently had some injury problems. All three of these guys get debuts. Um, I actually thought they showed a bit of resilience, given the circumstances. No, they did. I thought they played hard. But the Dolphins... They are undermanned. ...stuck to that same sort of principle again. Completed 88%, pound the middle of the field, played very, very clean football, did the simple things right, and they get rewarded at the back end. Mm. And that's exactly what happened again. Yeah. Um, yeah, their formula's been pretty simple, hasn't it? Mm. The and Dolphins. It works. Yeah. Like They made five errors. Newcastle made 16. You completed almost 90%. You got Sullivan, who's been more than competent, doing an outstanding job kicking control that team. Nickarima and Donahue did a good job sharing that nine role. You know they're, they're, they're playing perfect March footy. Mm. Absolutely high completions, low errors, good discipline. Yeah, and it's also the perfect formula for a new team that's building mm. connections. You're doing the simple things right, making it as easy as possible yourself, mm. and they do all the simple and free things right too. Defend well, kick pressure, line speed, work hard for another in their line. Um, and then I think the other point that's probably a little bit underrated about what we talk about, a lot of guys have got a point to prove and they're playing well. Yeah. Hammer's got a point to prove. Sullivan's proven that, you know, being moved around and being a backup, that he's a competent starter. 
Azaka, Branko, a lot of these guys have had lots of junior rep talent and reps coming through, have been to multiple clubs and haven't really hit it home. They're getting opportunities to prove a point. So a lot of people at the moment, like you're saying, built around this whole aura of new club, Wayne Bennett and this, that and the other, has led them to this point where they're 3-0. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I think they're A good win, yeah. Like any, any win's a good win for the Dolphins. Mm. And, uh, condolences to uh, Tyson Gamble and his beanbag, Kenny Head. Headbutted him, went straight in head first and plowed in there and took him down a peg. That's never a fun time, so good luck to you, Tyson. But I thought Miller as well, outstanding. Yeah, really, it was his really best game, game first grade, definitely. Um, he had some good games for the Sharks, obviously. We know how dangerous he is, but certainly doing his job. And that, that's the complicated point that we probably talked about again last week when you're paying someone like Ponga and then wondering why he, you know he's come up with two head knocks already when he's in a position where he's not been defending. And then I'm sitting there going, well, he has to go back to fullback. But now I'm looking at Miller going, what do you do with Miller? I really like Miller as a one. But you've sort of made this situation yourself mm. with what you've done with your recruitment. So it's almost now like ride or die, he has to play six. And then Will Price, who they're trying to get early and bring him over right now and get him here, plays as a half, a center, and a fullback. But he's preferably a fullback. So I know I mentioned it again a couple of weeks ago, but it's just complicated. It's really complicated. Yeah. Um, but for them, Gagai, it was his 150th game as a night. You forget how long he was there initially for that stint. <laughs> so, second stint there. You know, I thought on their, their side of things, he was okay. Uh, Miller was obviously the real standout. A couple of debutants, which is always a happy time. But uh, for the Dolphins, um, Sullivan, like I said, the kicking and trolling and the job he's doing. Uh, I think Tommy Gilbert is probably the most underrated buy, and it worked out really well for him. Like, guy played Origin, big motor, can play on edge, players in middle. Probably one of the best things that didn't land in their lap, but he's from Brisbane. When this come up, he basically was interested in going straight back to be close at home. Yeah, and I think he's worked out to be a great signing for them. But um, definitely just a blue collar player. You, you need one, and I think for that pack though, with a couple of the older heads, he's a younger guy. You can sort of build that into already been from a good system. Now hang around the Storm sort of boys and build that into him to carry it forward. But you know, Tessie obviously had a good day. Aiken had some nice moments as well, and all around. Um, that's you. You three and zero coming up against this huge match this week against the Broncos and what should be a sellout and an absolute cracker. Uh, a blow, obviously losing Felice and I think Marshall King's got another week yet. Yeah, I'll have to look at the lineup there. But for them, we talk about the biggest test for them is if you lose a couple like they have here now, is depth and covering that against better teams as you move along. So um, those two losses might prove to be a bit harsh. But um, for Newcastle, I guess if you're a fan. You like to see what you've seen, at least effort-wise there. It's just yep. a matter of getting some bodies back. Um, it's a tough circumstance at the moment with injury, suspension. And we'll see what they name this week when we do our tips and previews later on. Uh, Roosters 2018 over South. This was a cracker, as it always is. And they've been on the wrong side of this fixture, it seems, often in recent times, regardless of form. When they've had the better form or not, they've, they've seemed to really really suffer in this one but it's very funny when you hear Brandon Smith say that Jared Ray Hargraves was the voice of reason when things were getting crazy <laughs> which is generally not something you associate with Jared well he's obviously learned his lesson mm. made a huge impact uh, bit of a, it was a bit of a risk I guess to bench those two and they started 10 zip down but there was a big big impact when him and Cheese came on the field Jared yeah yeah it was it was a an astute plan and it had the desired effect mm. And this was a hell of a game. Again, just the back and forth. You look at, you know, Manu 
who has that huge moment where they get the six again and he lets go of it because he obviously didn't hear the call, thing it was last tackle. Ilias then straight away isolates and gets Kaloa Matungi in. They get straight on the back of that, um, you know, after saving one through Tass with Manu, score with Luttrell. They sort of get that edge to just bite in a little bit and throws that nice pass on a three-on-two and you're sitting there going, they're cruising, mm. absolutely cruising. But when we talk about, like you've said a million times, when they get into stop-start football or things are going their way, but when you can get them into a bit more of a cycle and drag them down and they impacted with those two guys sort of coming on and paid dividends almost immediately. Um, you get that strong carry from Jared and Brandon Smith gets out, sells a couple of dummies and gets inside. I think it was Ilias and outside Kalal Matungi. Uh, and they, they sort of fight their way back to get to halftime at 12-10. But it just continued to and front all night. Yeah, it did. Um, yeah. Like, you know, I look at someone like Tash who I actually thought had a pretty good game, but also got picked apart if you like. It's, it's very hard to defend a guy like Joey Munn at the best of times. I don't think Cody and AJ did him a whole lot of good on the other side, but I think he could have scored two or three times, and he had a hand in a couple of saves. He unfortunately got pulled apart on a couple, but you know Campbell Graham had one in the backfield there where he might have been able to pass, but he didn't. was cleaned up. Teddy had a huge game, always sort of rears up for these occasions. Uh, Borlo, Jackson Borlo, against his old club, gets to come up with a nice double and contribute and think probably the disappointing part of the second half is those same sort of guys again I thought lost their heads in Cody and the trail and didn't stay focused on football and the Roosters this time kept their composure. Yeah, they're getting baked about that a little bit and rightfully so. That's certainly something they've got to address when they get behind the eight ball and when things don't go their way. They do, yeah, become frustrated and discipline, a little bit of ill-discipline seeps in and they get away from, you know, what makes them a good footy team and what makes them dangerous and they get away from their plan so it's definitely something they've got to address. Mm. And then at the back end, Joey Manu, I think, again, probably more frustration from things that have happened previously where he sort of does the old Grim Reaper hook that I talked about last week and took Tass down, who, you know, good on him. He didn't lay down or, or rear up or anything, but when he stepped back over him, that got a few of the South boys yeah. rightly reared up and then Cheekham gets himself put in the bin. They do score late and have an opportunity, but it turns out the penalty goal that the trail missed only a few minutes earlier could have been the difference in... Golden point, but I, I think the biggest thing I take about from this, Roosters round one, awful. Last week, I thought they were lucky to sort of get away with it, but I think it proves a huge point about how important Jared is to that forward pack mm. and laying that sort of platform, being a forward leader, and they have to do whatever they can to manage him physically this year and then him mentally on his side of things to make sure he doesn't end up sitting on the sidelines. Yeah, Because he's a huge key piece to what they do, mm-hmm. and he made a hell of a difference to everybody on that field. But the other thing I saw, which I think the last few years has sort of evaded me for them, I always associated them, along with Melbourne's one of the best defensive teams in terms of back-to-back pressure, absorbing on goal line, scrambling, and then being resilient on the back of that. But I saw try saves the other night. I saw them absorb pressure. It's only round three, but there's those sort of signs, again, that you'd hope from a team that should be competing for the top four. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I think for South again, not the greatest result on the back of a disappointing result from Penrith where they didn't start playing footy for the last 15, but probably the harder part here is to be one and two. Tough draw to start with, but I think they got a few casualties out of this. So it's Tola. Looks like he might miss a few weeks. Um, I think Shaq, who's been doing a good job off the bench, looks like he's going to miss a couple of weeks. And the one area that we talked about in the preseason and the preview, they're probably, a, a, to me, still a prop short. So they can't afford to lose middles. No, absolutely. So if I don't know the extent, but we'll see with the lineups later on. But they've lost a couple of middles um, heading into Manly this week. They're obviously, as a club, going to be right up for it, given what's happened with 
John Sattler this week, we spoke about, and there'll be a lot of emotion around the occasion, but um, they, they can't afford to lose middle troops, that's for sure. Absolutely not. But for the Roosters, big tick in the box, uh, nicely built. A bit, I think Radley got a bit of a head knock again, which is concerning for me. It's almost like he can't go Fortnite without copping some sort of knock, but thought he had a pretty good game. Jared, huge. Teddy was huge. Um, yeah, some really good moments from those guys. Storm Titans, 38-34. You got us. Yeah, finally. It was, uh, wasn't a great game to watch, if I'm being honest. I know there was no, it was just... 72 points, but I, I thought both sides needed to take it. I think the conditions had a lot to do with it. The conditions, yeah. they were, yeah, gassing. Like Melbourne, 63%, 17 errors. Titans had 13 of their own. There was some, there was some pretty poor football. There was some nice tries, don't get me wrong, but I thought on both sides there was also some really poor football. We give you a couple, you give us a couple. A lot of it was fed in from mistakes rather than good play. Yeah, it was an NBA game or the rugby league game. Yeah, it was almost like the All-Star game. No defence. Mm. Yeah, conditions certainly had a part. Like, I looked at minutes afterwards because I was like, man, it feels like a few of these guys didn't play long. Like, Welch, give him give him some slack. Like, the guy's had a whole year off. He's had a terrible injury. He's got Achilles, a couple ACLs. He only played 30 minutes. Like, he played 60, I think, against Para. Tui, they really pushed to get 40 out of off the back of an injury. And I think Tarek, despite... The head knock at the end, he was only scheduled to only play like 30, 35. He only ended up playing 28 after he got a head knock. So this is the point I mean again. You look at them. Nelson was probably the biggest glaring loss for me there. I know Munster makes a huge difference, but with your middles well underdone, you could see a huge difference without Nelson there. They really struggled to leave an imprint and get rolling through the middle. Yeah, um, I said that to my wife. Just, we were watching it and watched it late, like... Didn't start it until the kids went to bed, like at sort of seven thirty. So mm. the result would have been in the books, but yeah, when the game was over, it's like, oh, we beat Melbourne. It's like, yeah, well, they had no one there. Nelson and um, Munster, obviously. Mm. Well, Pappenhausen. Like I think if one of Pappenhausen, Munster, or Nelson plays, you probably a lot of people Melbourne probably hit win. the panic button, right? Like, I, in what circumstance though? Like, you think they can't make the eight? Like, mm. I'm not sitting here. Saying about winning the comp, I wouldn't put them in that category to start with, but I have more than enough faith that they'll get minutes into these guys, and if they can get healthy, or healthy enough, they'll be in the eight. Mm. I don't know why we're panicking after three games. Well, you're not. But other people are. Other people want to... There's a lot. Other people want to spark panic. That's the thing. You need to understand what the you know, what the purpose of the message is. Mm. Just, but it's like Cronulla. They're one and two as well, like Melbourne. I'm not, I'm not panicking about that because much like... They could have won yeah, all of them. And Canberra. they're a good I'm team and they're playing teams. with their best player. Yeah, but 24 weeks. So let's, so just, let's just calm down on a few of these teams. We're like, oh, rubber. they're one and two. I'm just like, let's wait a little bit. Yeah. I don't listen to it. I don't <laughs> watch it. So I don't but, hear it. Um, some nice moments. Uh, tell you what, Cam Pereira. Jesus, quick. Well, Warbrick's the seventh player. Yeah, that was that was he, a good try. He scored, I love that. That I was, was a like, good try. Shit by Warbrick again to sort of halt when he could have just gone and got him. Yeah, he had inside it, help. Warbrick, like he's probably he's never learning. seen someone do that. No, he's learning. He's played sevens. It's you, won't see many, uh, you won't see many do that. But off the mark, I was like, no way he's going to beat him. He beat him. All ends up. Yeah. Clean as. Tino was outstanding. Um, and AJ, like every week, those two are just the heartbeat of that team. Yeah. Really, really good players. Um Harry Grant, three try assists was probably the one there, but I think even him sort of had to overplay his hand. It, it felt like we had no no idea what we were doing inside 20. Like, I know Jerome came up with a try and set one up, but I thought even he sort of had a bit of a bit of an off day, and then he takes out Tanner Boyd, and he's in judiciary tonight as well, fighting to play this week. So if they end up losing Jerome, and they don't have Munster or Pappenhausen or Nelson, I don't care if we're playing the Tigers. That's not good. 
Well, it's also yeah. Monsters is based this week. They've named him, but it's based off whether the pin comes out of his finger. He would have liked the Tigers to have won last week. That would have been a better time to play. Yeah, come in on a high Mm. rather than everyone bagging him on the underdog thing, and they'll probably be sick of Dora or something like that. You just don't want to play the Tigers until they actually. And they've been good against us for some reason for a long time. But uh, Munster's all relying on this pin coming out of his finger. They're saying, but overall. Bellamy wasn't happy. I tell you what, probably more worried me. I saw his pre-game press conference, and that wasn't convincing at all. He didn't yeah, say. He didn't seem very convinced. He said something about like early the in the week, week they were good, and then and looking at him later in the like, week, maybe less convinced that I or I'm. I don't know what I'm going to get today. I was like, well, he did okay. best solid because I'm sitting there thinking, you know what, hot footy, hold the ball early, Harry and Hughes hopefully get a bit of a run on here, and I might have a crack. And then I heard him talk, and I was like, I am not putting any money on this guy because he did not sound convinced at all. But yeah. the two big moments that really would have angered him, and they made me angry as a fan, which, again, I can't complain because the run we've had, it's been pretty nice. But the error right on half to let Kelly score, and then the Katoa forced offload play one that just fell in front of Vuna, then followed by the ball on ground where Shop gets the run 80 metres. Like, it's 18 points you've just gifted. Yeah. And those two in particular, either side of the half, I was just like, man. And we still almost found a way back in. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Like, it was, yeah, it was an insane game of footy, but in that heat, uh, yeah. Jonah Pezzett, what did you think of him? Thought it was yeah, pretty good for a kid. Seen him come through. In that environment. The grades, um, I thought he handled it really I thought he well. did his job. Yeah. He kicked well, he scored a nice try. Yeah. He laid one on, like, I, I Given what was going on around him. first game in first grade. Not an easy time to come in because you don't really have a lot of experience around you. No. Yeah, I, I thought it was, a, and it was an encouraging uh, start to his first grade career. And I, I must admit, the one that still got me the first few weeks, there's still moments there that frustrate me, like that shit offload for Hughes and a penalty here or there. But I reckon Eli Cattell is going to be very good by the back end of the year. He looks a little bit off the pace. Like he looks he's playing a big bit minutes at the moment. They're getting him going. He's physical, but I, I think by the end of the year they'll have him humming. Yeah, it'll be a good pickup. But um, they got, like I said, they got a lot to work on. There's a lot of guys that are underdone. I'm not going to be worried about them until we're ten weeks in. And if they're, you know, like you said, under fifty percent, still got a stack injuries and are looking shaky heading into Origin, then I'll be worried. Yeah, because the Origin period is going to be hard. But yeah. three games, can't panic about that. Uh, Cowboys. Losing to the Warriors said it the other week, and I'm I'm more I'm very impressed by what they're doing attack. But I don't think I've seen a Warriors team defend this way in almost a decade plus. Yeah, in terms of their whole holistic effort, I think contact. Well, it's been what a decade since they made a grand final. Oh, and even the, even yeah. the stint in between that where they made it the other year and they got lapped that a good run and a couple of bad losses and but more more than anything like Webby was more on the defensive side of things that we got to see a little bit at West, but obviously has introduced some stuff on the attacking side as well and sort of unlocked it. But I love what they're doing on both sides of the ball. This is a completely different Warriors team in the way they play. Yeah. But the fact that they've got their forwards running and getting deep into the line and playing short or playing out the back and Tohu's like a focal point, and then you've got Tamara Martin, who's just been like... If I was Brisbane, I wouldn't let him go. I know they've got Walsh come back, guys stuck in those positions. They had him for another year. Not to be a dick, but when you've got someone good under contract on a good deal, I wouldn't have let him go. But God bless him that they did, because for the Warriors, it's been a godsend swap for the situation that with Walsh. Yeah. But he's taken that pressure off Johnson. Same deal again. Not afraid, like he did on the weekend, to jump down a short side. He's digging to the line. And they've sort of freed him up by having these extra guys 
playing off the ball, being different focal points in their attack to the point where Johnson's getting back to running again. Yeah. And he looked dangerous in that regard. Egan has been good getting out of dummy half and playing with a bit more freedom with what the forward pack's doing. And then the one-two punch he got off the bench on the weekend sort of got me even more excited. I've always really liked Jazz Tavaga. But when they brought him and Dylan Walker on, who's grown into an outstanding like impact 13 middle-type player, they've just got so many options about where they can attack you on the field. And the ball moves. Not unnecessary movement. They're direct. They're fast. But they will challenge you inside, outside, long, short. Like They've really set themselves up, I think, to be successful this season. Again, a lot of it is based on health. Yeah. But like some of the simple changes. But the defensive stuff is really what got me. There's sustained periods, again, like the Roosters game, where they go back-to-back. They scramble. They'll fight over a bone. They'll lay in a ruck a bit longer. They'll give a six again or a penalty if they have to. It's the sort of stuff where generally in the past, the Warriors, as soon as it gets too hard, you just pack up your shit and you, you bail. They didn't want to do that. But not only am I impressed with what they're doing in the attack, but the defensive side of things, this sort of resilience, if that continues, again, who knows? Like Who's playing origin for them? We say this every year. Mm. Nobody, probably. So if they're unaffected, depending on their draw and depending on how their start is, they, they throw themselves right in the mix. Yeah, definitely. But um, for the Cowboys, I think you... I really liked Tom Chester's debut as a starter, but again, with a, a pack that I thought was on the back foot. It was only one bloke going over 100 metres and they're well controlled by a dominant Warriors side who also, their back five was outstanding. Um, back five, I thought, for them, was restricted. Stopped the forwards from moving and then the creativity between... Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. When they're two halves, I think you saw how important drink water is to their attack is that spark or that man that sort of makes most of it click. Yeah, yeah, it's was, it was massive out, massive out. I, I've got concerns over the Cowboys' defense. I think I spoke about this in the preview season preview, just in and around. You know, they can talk as much as they want about where they want to be at the end of the year, and you know how they felt, like they fell just short last year, and they've got to climb the mountain again. But you got to do all those hard things again. And at the moment, their defense just isn't anywhere near where it was last year. So they're going to have to fix that up pretty quickly. Uh, and I don't think it's panic stations at all. No, they've competed. Same, in, yeah. They've competed in every game, and they look a good team. And they've had some ins and outs, uh, and they've they've got a few things they need to iron out. But they're going to have to get on it quick. Like it's something they're going to have a big representation. Yeah, it's just something that you don't want to have seep into your your psyche or your team mentality early in the year. Like you don't no. you don't want that to be a habit to be fundamentally poor in defence. Uh, it's an, it's definitely well, an attitude thing, and it's even it's, things like you're saying. It's just gonna. It just creates scoreboard pressure. Short sides or off like things that last year they cleaned up. They were like one of the most effective teams, basically defensively. They're one of the best at set, start, and finishing, getting down, play one, two, and choking teams out. You're not seeing that this year. You're mm. not seeing as much intent in kick chase. You're not seeing them stop the offload as much. And there was two tries that were down short sides that should have been solved. Yeah. In particular, I think Tamara Martin one where they jumped and just threw like a long pass, and they had three, two sort of jammed at marker on the line, two on the short side, and they're all tucked in, and 
he just jumps into the corner. Mm. When you watch it afterwards, you're like, fuck, that's that's a really easy solve. It's just, I don't know if it's an effort thing or it was the heat as well, but then you look like I said about the Warriors. If anyone should be struggling in those conditions, it's them. But they were right there for it, and then some. Yeah. They were outstanding. Um, but I was impressed, like I said, by a lot of guys there. But, you know, Tohu has been brilliant for them. <laughs> I like that one-two punch off the bench, like I said, that excites me. Dylan and Jazz bringing a point of difference for them. The OBs, Montoya's physicality. Tuapiki, the fullback, I thought that was a great debut for him. He really did his job. And Martin and these sort of guys, like I said, doing that job in their attacking setup just, just freed up Johnson. Yeah. And to see him smiling and enjoying his football is only going to be a good thing for them. Absolutely. Because if he's happy and like we said, getting home and all these things, he's, he's going to get better as the year goes on. Mm-hmm. The more confidence he gets. So that's a real good feather in the cap for the uh, for the Warriors. Broncos 40 to 18. And this one was an odd game because I really thought in the first half, man, they're, they're, they're holding with the Broncos here and they're, and they're going with their forward pack, which surprised me and probably... I think it might be the best game I've seen Josh Kerr play. Josh Kerr is someone who I looked at and just thought for all these years and all the time invested in him by Melbourne and then the Dragons and all the talk, and I've just been waiting for that breakout year for the size and the mobility of the man. He had a stint there. It was only 28 minutes, but he carried, I think, nine times for 142 metres. Yeah. And there was genuine punch, quick play of the balls, multiple bodies on, people standing. Molo did a good job, like, you know, thought that, like, wow, they're, they're really hot. They're hanging in here. And to go into half, 16-8, Bud Sullivan gets the inside shoulder there, shows his talent. Um, Sewers off Lowbury, drags to him, pops the ball for Sloan. You know, that, that, that two-point field goal on half-time sort of felt like a settler for them after what had been sort of an odd half. And one got taken off Cobbo for that sort of tap forward. Like, you know, I understand it. But, like, when people talk, like, oh, you know, you throw a ball over someone's head and run around him and catch the ball, I'm like, oh, I think that rules that rules a bit grey. It's a bit crazy. Oh, yeah, when I watched it, I, I thought, thought it was a try. I thought it was no try when I watched yeah? it. Okay. Yeah, just based on what we've seen in the past. But sometimes you can't get a clean catch though. Like the ball is there. And yeah, it's a contest. so you're, you're then trying to work out whether it's deliberate action. That's why I'm looking at the grey motion, going, "Well, yeah. if you, otherwise it's a knock-on if you both touch it with one hand." Like, yeah, the only way to sort of solve that situation when it's a contest like that is to give yourself that sort of nudge. Like, you, there's no real possible way to grab that clean two hands and do yeah. what you did. Yeah, and that's what I meant. It's such a great rule, but the argument is for some people, oh, you just throw it over the head and run around. I'm like, well, you wouldn't, because the bloke in front of you threw it over his head, but just fucking deck you. Yeah, you'd probably get penalised. But if there's a brick wall in front of you, or I don't think people are going to be running around strategizing to do that. But um, yeah, I thought first half they certainly held their own, and then second half again had their gloves up. But I think the sheer dominance of that forward pack just wore on them, and at the back end there they started to wield, and around that 70 minute mark you started to see it, and that quick four punch they sort of just landed, bang, bang, bang. Um, yeah, it, it really hurt at the end there. You see, you know, Haas in particular, been involved with two of them, those offloads. Carrigan follows through on the other one with the round-the-corner pass, but they they really just wore them down with their forward pack. Carrigan, Haas, Flegler, who had a bit of a start and then come off the bench, and it just paid dividends at the back end. Yeah, it did. And then that showed again what happens when they do break you down about the attack of Bruins. you got Cobbo you got Staggs, you've got Walsh who injected himself again. Like, you know, Herbie probably had one of his quieter nights, but he's been outstanding the first few weeks. They're, they're stacked. They really are stacked. Yeah, they are. And if they can get into the dogfight with their pack and stay in games, when they get their moments like that where they have you on the ropes or on the back foot, they can make you pay. Of course they can, yeah. yeah. We, we spoke about, again, this in our preview. 
The only concern I had with Brisbane was off-field. Yeah, Off-field, they us, could win the comp. Well, we, we mentioned top four yeah. was a possibility, and now yeah. you're looking at them going, well, if this is the base they of the should platform... should be top four last year. should be top four. Mm. It was, but, it's just all around the noise and... Yeah, well, the things that were, were happening off the field. Mm. But, I mean, winning... Winning sort of solves that. If I'm a Dragons fan, like, I know the scoreline, again, doesn't flatter you, but overall, if you watch that, I'd be happy with what I saw. Yeah. And I think more importantly, again, and I don't know if it's a result of some of this pressure or a reapply for your job or whatever the bullshit is, but the fact he's giving Sloan a good stint and he's having some moments and learning, Sullivan having some moments with Hunt and, like, you know, he hasn't had to be the focal point for the first few weeks. Sewer, um, you know, he's been a positive you know, young fee, you know, like there's, there, there is some good things there, but I think the best way forward, like we said for them the whole time, is get these young guys in, and the only way they're going to learn is by playing first grade. Yeah. So for him, I, I guess, you know, he may not be the one who gets the benefit in the end right now, but there's no point rolling an Aaron Woods back in and dropping one of these guys or putting him by into your halves or your nine or stopping progression of some of these guys with the roster you've got. Yeah. You are better off buying into these young blokes and giving them the time of day and putting that work in. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, again, he probably doesn't get to see the fruit of that label with what, what we're hearing, but, you know, I'm not saying it makes a difference to the situation last year and, you know, they had things they obviously had to learn as well and points of disagreement, but maybe the end coming in, if you've been there for the three years now, maybe you should have bought into this this side of it a little bit earlier to have some more green shoots, but it's fair. who knows. Um, but overall, from a Dragons fan, I, I wouldn't have been disappointed. Um, yeah, those couple of guys, like I said, and... That resilience and then the impact they got from Kerr and Molo had a pretty good stint. But for the Broncos, I guess the real calming influences again was no surprise with Reynolds. His boot proved to be a difference a few times. He rolled a couple in for Stags, his general play kicking. But that, that one on halftime felt like a nice settler just to sort of head in after copping a few jabs in the face and being at 6-8 and eight and being like, all right, let's just come back out and settle back into our work and we'll get paid at the back end. And they got it back to even and then just absolutely blew the doors off in that last 10. Yeah, they did. Like Payne Haas, mate. Like, what's it? What's he now? Twenty two, twenty three. Don't know. He's incredible. He's, he's, he's been incredible since he came in. But I think the scarier part is still not physically in, in the best spot he's going to be. Mm. He's always had an engine. His engine's ridiculous. I do not know how it's possible to do the minutes, the output, the work, chase back, cover tackle, do all the stuff that he does. But physically, as he gets stronger and better and becomes a man, because essentially he's been a boy or a teenager or a young adult, like for the first few years. There's still more to come, which is scarier. Absolutely. Um, it's crazy to think. But that punch with Flegler, him, Carrigan, their edges are solid. Um, and then adding Walsh and all those guys, like we said, in strike everywhere. So great for them. Strange old game, that one. Was a strange game. Very much so. Dogs, Tigers, speaking of strange games, 26-22. Uh, ridiculously hot day. Awesome crowd there at Belmore. But... Bulldogs sort of took off from what we said week one, very flat and average in attack last week, moved the point of attack, offloads, played a bit more eyes up football, freed up uh, the belt buckle a bit, and there was that then again on Sunday. Played that sort of football where they were happy to shift early or get things moving or, or push an offload, and kick out was a real focal point, and they even used him a few times to sort of lay off to Burton and get him running the football more, and he sort of finally put his foot in the ground and had a bit more involvement there, but... Um, they jumped out to a pretty convincing lead by a point there. Some of it, you know, not so much off set play, but just some good heads-up football. Like the kick return with Alamotti and Fox, I thought that was a great try. Mm. Tip on, play through. 
Alamotti knows he hasn't got the wheels, but has the physicality to, to kind of head in field and draw two men and still get that ball out. The other one where he runs, you know, same deal. And they just look real calm. Tips off. Return one. And I think week one, we were sitting there going, man, they look a bit beaten up in the back five. Like, Carraz is anyone really carrying? Now they've all sort of joined in on that. Like, Alamotti's confidence is, is really growing quickly. And Carraz was absolutely ridiculous again in the world. I think he put like 280 metres or something out of the backfield. Like, <laughs> massive contribution from their back five. But even, like you said, Burton growing in a bit of confidence, kick out his involvement in that and that left edge. Um, <laughs> you know, Excuse me. Hayes is is growing and, and getting his opportunities, and they're sticking solid with him, which I think is again is a good thing. And they'll they'll get benefits from investing in those guys and actually letting them know that they're going to give them some time to play in those positions. And then probably more importantly, they're asking huge minutes of Sutton and King while they're short of middles, but they're doing a job. And then you guys like Preston and the few other guys that are getting a run here and there, you know, they're rolling in a tenor or they used Ockenbaugh last week as a middle, etc. They're they're doing enough. To let these guys do their job, yeah. But I, I certainly think huge difference from week one to now in a game where you dominate without middles is what your back five does for you. They can make your middles job a lot easier when they do a good job, and I think their back five's done a really good job the last two weeks. But weird finish to this one, and I don't know. Everyone's put it down to the sudden shift in the spine for the Tigers, but if you look at the tries as a direct result and Wakem's you know involvement in all of them, I I, I don't know. One's they clocked a, off. One's a shift to the edge where it's... They clocked off. Bulldogs clocked off. One's a kick return. He was involved in one of them, but I didn't think that suddenly a dull spine shift was the reason. Do I think Wakem can manage a team and do a good job? Yep. But I also look at the Tiger side of things, and we spoke about this. Have the conviction of your actions of what you've done. So round one, he benches off Ian Gow and Arpy and looks for an impact thing. As soon as he's questioned about it, a week later they change it. And now we're three weeks in. This is the spine they've done the whole off-season with. Brooks and Dewey, we've got them together. This is a great pairing, and this is what we're going with, etc. And then mid-game, you, you pull a winger, push Staines out to the wing, put Wakeham into the halves, push Dewey back to one. Like, you know, you're throwing the baby out with the bathwater every week yeah. just because someone says something to you. Hmm. So, like, if it's a football move and they've decided that themselves, that cool. That's all right. But everything seems very reactionary at the moment to anything that's said or anything that's going on. Yeah. And that's probably more... What I'm looking at going, yeah, okay. But I'm sort of with you. Like, they're like, oh, that shift sort of changed everything. I'm like, well, look at the way the tries came about. Mm. Kick return, offloads, off, punch yeah, through. Like, yeah, the other one back to the ruck was RP Turner Brooks under, and their middle was cooked. Like, didn't see anything drastic in the football that suddenly changed everything. No. Um, and then, you know, full credit to him to get back there. I don't know why Charlie Staines was putting his hand to the crowd. They weren't in the lead, and then they don't get the win anyway. Like, if you were leading and you weren't going to give it a stick or you were closing the game out, I can understand. Yeah. But nice support play on a runaway, but I wouldn't be giving it to the crowd when you're still behind. Yeah, I'd probably want to win the game before yeah. I... Um, and then, yeah, with nine minutes to go, they had, they had themselves right into the mix and it sort of fizzled out. Dogs had a couple of no tries there and had a chance to close it out after almost letting go of it. But I guess for them, great turnaround, good confidence builder. Yeah. To think again, missing three or four of your best options in terms of your middles, covering up for that. Progression in your spine. Um, I think even Flanagan looks happy. Played, like you said, a good game last week. Yeah. I, Looking more settled in what they've got. Yeah. Param same. But like, it's just all more time together is only a good thing for them. Absolutely. And I think Serato's smart enough to know that he's got security in his job. They've got security in what they're doing, and they're going to stick with these guys and your Alamites and, like, and give them all time. And They've just, had a good draw as well. Like, they got... I know they ran into 
uh, Manly at Brookvale. That wasn't ideal at the start, particularly with now we know about of, Manly. Yeah, but I'd, you just don't want to be there round one no. any any year, right? Um, but then they run into the storm in Melbourne, who were just hammered by injuries and players out. Yeah, they gave it to them. And then they've run into the Tigers, who yeah certainly blood in the water there at Belmore. Mm. And then now they're going to run into the Warriors. This week's going to be a really interesting game. Give us a good indication on where these two teams are at. I expect it to be really, really tight. Yeah, and I, I guess like we said, for the Warriors, maybe... It's, it's uh, Webster against Serraldo, like two guys who know yeah. each other quite well. Well, I think the other thing as well, and it's, it's no knock on Penrith, but everyone's like, oh, he was from Penrith. Like, you got to pay the man his dues. He's done a lot more Who's than... Who's this? Webby. There's been a lot more than just his few years at Penrith. No, no, no. What, yeah, I'm not even talking about no. that. What I'm saying is they... Obviously, you spend a lot of time together. You know how each yeah, other yeah. likes to coach. And on opposite so sides of the ball and yeah, working together in conjunction yeah. with, you know, iron sharp yeah, right. as iron. But I just a lot of the narratives, you know, oh, he was at Penn. I'm like, you're not even talking about the years prior to that. Like, he's come the, the long way. He's done SG ball and won comps. He's been to England. He's been at the Tigers. He's been at the Warriors previously. The last few years is, you know, cream on the top. Great experience at a great club with a great team. Good coach in Ivan, who he worked with at the Tigers, who brought him there for the reasons that you're seeing now. Mm. He knew he was a good coach. Yeah. He knew it was a great pickup and it was stupid of the Tigers to get rid of him. It's the last one. What they had there, he was one of the last people you would have been getting rid of. Yeah. He's one of the first ones they should have kept. But the benefits now going to the Warriors for someone who's done such a diverse you know, run through his apprenticeship in so many different places to Liam Rios now. And yeah, great matchup. I think again for the Dogs, um, a positive for them, like you said, missing those middles, but I'm pretty sure I've seen that Wade Egan's going to be ruled out. Well, that's a big blow. Mm. Um, and I think Barnett's going to be ruled out too. So traveling to New Zealand's never easy, especially the way they're playing their football at the moment. But if they catch them a couple of plays short again, it's another great opportunity. But Overall, um, I just guess good signs of growth from them there, and I, that's all you want to see. You want to see Burton get more comfortable like he did on the weekend, keep building that combo with kick out and be able to utilise in the way that Penrith did. That left edge, the stronger it gets, the better. Like Alamotti showing that confidence so early, getting Fox a more early ball if those two do a good job. And I guess you just, you just got to hold down the middle until you get some troops back. They're still not sure. Um, on Pungai Jr., but I think I heard Gus say somewhere that they sent him to a particular specialist or trainer because he's had ongoing calf issues or multiple injuries here and similar to what they've done you know with guys like Turbo where they're trying to get him into a condition where it doesn't reoccur again they're trying to make sure this is the last time he has a calf issue Thompson's still going to be missing until mid-year with that injury that he had so um, yeah just keep batting overs but from the Tigers perspective it's a bit of the same old same old you don't quite know what you're getting until garbage time I think one of the only sort of real standouts or blokes that showed a lot of spirit for me he does every week I know he's not the most impactful but 12 you can always trust to do his job Definitely. and then you've yeah, got a guy a lot of work. like a Brent Naden who I think's uh, obviously playing with a lot of conviction busted him up a few times and had some good moments he had a bit of a brain snap and got put on report in the end but yeah and then watching up he's just frustrating I think he why he has an impact on what he can do with those middles I think the guys around him and what he's trying to utilise I think you can see the difference between a, a, a team that's running like a well-oiled machine and a team that's obviously struggling to e- even know what they want to do. Yeah. So, um, great payday, obviously. A couple of guys have come across. Bateman, first under his belt, you know, 50-50. But again, it's going to take him. They money. just look like spicks and specs at the moment. Yeah. Like team Lots of just... individuals that are playing wearing the same jersey yeah. and it's not quite. So, 
But this is, I guess, the thing what we're saying. Like, if, if you're going to stick with it and give well, it some time. Just, everyone just talk about time with struggling teams. Time, and you just chop and time, change. Time. Like, change your spine again. Gotta hold your nerve. This. If they believe in what they've bought, give it six or eight weeks. Hold your nerve. Give it some time. Um, but we'll look at the lineup soon and see what they've done for this week. And the last one here, Raiders Sharks. This has become a great game. We spoke about doing it in the preview last week. Expected to be close. Ding dong. It's been a great game, man. And it was again. Yeah. And it was another yo-yo affair. You know, they, it was, they, yeah. They jumped out early and sort of got him. Kennedy, nice try again off the back of him, getting down, you know, the left-hand side there and opening Canberra up. And then Jack, that laser pass was an absolute pearl. I like, oh, man, on. But he just forces that outside and gives enough space where he puts it in a spot where, you know, only Hopper White, he can get to it. Big red, old Horsburgh. He's had a cracker start of the season, but crashes in for a double. Absolutely. Similar circumstances on both two. They isolates a player. Nice pass. The second one, particular though, from Starling was a ripper ball. Like a r- real jet 15, 20 meter long pass. Gets outside a player who's come up to try and read it. Got away from where the ruck was thick. Got to where it was thin and like he just spun his way in. But that moment there, I thought was going to be the pitiful moment in the game because not only did he get the double down there with Big Red scoring, he also baited Royce Hunt not long before that and ended up getting him put in the sin bin. Mm. Uh, on replay, I didn't agree with the sin bin, if I'm being honest. Like, you've pushed a guy off the ball, that'd be a brewer. Like, if you call him that a punch, that wasn't a punch. Yeah. If Royce Hunt wanted to punch Corey Horsberg in the face, Corey Horsberg would be flatliner. Mm. Royce Hunt is a, a big human being. That's not a fist, that's a ham hock. You'd know about it. Mm. But at that point, I, I was sort of like, okay, that, that, that hurts. You've, you've conceded, you're down. Um, it, it's it's going to be a fair ask at 24-10, but full credit to the Sharkies, as they do. They just... Keep coming, and, and Trindle has a bit of magic. It has two really nice moments down on the goal line there. They build a bit of pressure. Bank down on Canberra. Nice ball to Raymond when they've only got 12 to get him a try in his 100th game. And then when they get back to 13, nice sort of double pump. He gets Smith Shields to hold up, and Nick Arora runs a nice outside in line to get him to 24-12, uh, 24-20, and uh, they just ran out of time. Yeah, they did. They, they look like they were com- coming to get him. Mm. Probably that middle middle part of the game where Canberra got momentum and they banked points, mm. and then on top of that, compounded that with a try into a sin bin, it made it difficult for Cronulla. But I probably thought the scoreboard, um, like I was impressed that Cronulla were that close. Yeah. So, you know, I know that they've had two close losses now, and um, you know, in games that they are in against tough opposition, and you know they've had a they've had a good slog win against uh, Parramatta they've they've played some good teams they've played Canberra away um, and then you know South and Parramatta so you know they've, oh. they've played some good teams early I think that might be what's happening with the ladder a little bit as well like you, you look at we've had a lot of good oh, games they've, they've teed it up so that way have, to start the year have a lot of the strong teams played each other and that's yeah. why we're seeing a little bit of a closer competition than what we actually might see at the end of the year it'll all play out but you know my gut tells me that it's a little bit of fool's gold how close it is. It may have a little bit to do with how the draw's been played well, out. They want strong ratings to kick off, so they book some... Oh, no, I know that, but yeah. you can never really know who's definitely going to be good and who's definitely going to be bad. Like, no. Mm. I think this it's one... It's interesting to see how it plays out in the next, yeah, three or four weeks. If we're going on the three scorecards we've got now between Trindle and Moylan, to me, it's 3-0 mm. to Trindle. Yeah, well, it just depends on what style you want to play. Well, I think... I said it before. They've got all these fullbacks, and I think Kennedy helps out the ball playing... But you need a seven. Trindle's a seven. 
Mm. Moylan can't kick 40-20s. He doesn't kick goals like that. Like, I honestly think Trindle can bring a little bit extra something that they lack last year. Yeah. And I've just gone to the lineups we've talked about for multiple other games. He has dropped Trindle to the bench. So he's in 17 as a utility. He's got more than there. I, I couldn't do it. I just have to pick and stick with one. Yeah. But like Moylan, he came up with a nice kick for one of the tries, but the tackle on Tomoko was dog shit. Yeah. Like goal line, get in front. Trindle lays on a couple, kicks nice. Again, I'm not saying he's the greatest defender in the world, but he certainly doesn't shirk the physical side of it for what he is. He gets in front. Yeah. But that, after the amount of time that Matt Mullins played first grade, and when you look at all the strings to his bow, I'm taking Trindle every day of the week. And I know I'm sounding like a broken record, and I said it last year, how much of a fan I was, and I'm going again, the fact that he signed for three years, he's clearly got faith in Fitzgibbon what's going on. But if I'm Craig Fitzgibbon, Nico's obviously going to make a huge difference and probably cover up for a little bit of this. But I think you can go a step further and free him up a little bit more with having someone like Trindle there who has a bit more to his game, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, it's well, We're going to see in the long run what they end up doing. But, yeah, I think after three games, I got that contest three zip. Interesting. So, we'll see in the long run where that one lands with the Sharks. But, yeah, thought Trindle had a pretty good game again. Kennedy contributed pretty well again. Um, I'm... Canberra side again. Tomoko obviously had a good game. Corey was the the real standout though. Obviously, what he did getting a double, getting the uh, the Sinbin win, which is one he'd be happy about. Nothing better than when you get away with a little, <laughs> little bit of check like that and get someone put in the bin as well as scoring a meat pie. You got a double and got someone Sinbin. So well done. Should be getting a little bonus this week. Well done, Big Red. Full credit to you, brother. There you go. That wraps up the reviews of the games from this weekend. Jumping into preview round four of the NRL thanks to bluebet.com.au if you're going to have a bet with anyone do it with the true blue bookie uh, download the app today visit the website and again rounds one to four lead by six at half time head to head bets only up to $100 max if you lead by six at half time you get paid out That's terms nice. and conditions apply gamble responsibly Charity bet, I'll have to come up with one again and also come up with a bet of the week. Look out for that one on the app under Bluey Specials, the fifth and last best bet of the week. But let's look at these games. And the first one we have here is the grand final rematch, which is getting almost next to no mention because mm. all the talks about the Brisbane game or the Brisbane Derby uh, between the Dolphins and the Broncos. But a cracker Thursday night, Combank Stadium. It is Parramatta up against the Panthers. Madison returns. Uh, in this one is in a welcome addition, and he has named him to start in the back row with Bryce Cartwright. So he's pushed Matt Dury back to the bench. Uh, it looks like Murchie is out of the 22 altogether, so maybe that shot to the head um, was bad enough. Yep, that one's ruled him out. Brennan Hands, Penrith Jr., who's been at Parramatta for a few years, he's getting a debut from the bench. He's a half-hooker sort of utility. Played halves coming through, and they've sort of turned him Played hooker against us on Friday night, but mm. played uh, halves the two weeks prior to that. Mm. Um, that was his junior sort of upbringing. He sort of got converted to a yeah. nine, but yeah, different looking bench. So they've got Hansy who can cover those two spots. They've got Dury, who obviously is more on edge than he is in middle, and they've got Wiram, McGregor, McIntyre again. So Madison starts in the back row of Cartwright. Hopgood, Paulo, Campbell, Gallup. Looking at that, to me, it looks like they're going to try and burn the candle the whole way through again yeah. with their middles. Unless he rolls Madison for Dury and then rolls him back into the middle rotation. But looking at the way he's named it right now, I wouldn't surprise me if he made a late change. But I don't know. Penrith off the week off, uh, had some D 
doubts around Luai and Cleary. They've both been named, and Scott Sorensen returns from a head knock, which sees Matt Eisenhuth drop out. So they're basically as strong as they can be. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, it's been a lot of talk. They have to win this one. They have to. There's no worse game, I think, to get. And they've also got everyone so far off the boy. Which has been a bit weird. Yeah. I don't know if that continues the whole way through the draw. Surely not. I don't but think it does. The first few weeks, they've had every team that comes off the bye. Mm. So that, that's a bit rough. But that's difficult, yeah. Looking at the bench again, I know Penrith obviously he's leaned up a little bit last year, but leaning on what they did against South, where they just got back to their defense. The week off for the halves, a little bit more time training and settling back into things. Um, you know, Simonson didn't have the greatest of games mm. last week. I know it's one of Blake is going to be very thankful he's not catching any of those bombs that are coming back there, but... Um, I think it's going to be raining at the back with some of those Cleary specials and then just, yeah, I guess what they get out of their rotation. Uh, I'm going to go with the Panthers. Yeah, I'm going with the Panthers. I think if Parramatta's had their tail up, they've been close in all these games. If they can't get their tail up for this one, especially they, after they beat them the last two times at Combank? I think they might have. They definitely beat them there last year. Mm. Well, we were there. They might have beaten them They the beat Penrith before. at Penrith. Um, yeah, they won both games. And then the Sinbin was out game, wasn't it? The yeah, spear tackle. spear tackle send And they off. put a hurting on them. Mm. And then they obviously lost the semi and then the grand final. So, yeah, I'll, I'll go. They always have close regular season games. Mm. I'll stick with Penrith. It'll be interesting to see what sort of crowd they get there. Because Penrith off the bye, it's a Thursday night, so it'll be interesting to see how many travel. fans travel. And then Parramatta 0-3 Thursday night. Yeah, it's... Mm. Thursday it, night's made for TV. I, yeah, I don't, I don't think it's if, gonna, if it was a Friday night and it was at Penrith, it'd be a sellout. It would be. Yeah, no doubt. I think it was a Friday night at Combank could be close to a sellout. Mm. Well, let's look at the odds for this one. You're on Penrith as well? Yeah. Bluebet.com.au. Parramatta, $3.20 outside as the Panthers, $1.35. Minus 7.5 is the line there. The early Friday game, it's the Storm up against the Tigers, and they have made that change permanent. Dewey has been shifted to one. Staines to the wing. Wakeham in at six with Brooks at seven. Isaiah Papali returns in the back row from suspension. Bateman starts in the back row. Fenua Bolle is the lock. Dane Laurie is back from injury. He is named in Jersey 14 as the utility. Simpkin is back uh, in the extended bench. And he's dropped Joe Offangali. Interesting. So they've signed hmm. Offangali to a long-term extension off the back of what he did last year. Now they've played him for 30 minutes a couple of times off the bench and now they've dropped him. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, on the Storm side of things, the big one there is obviously Karen Munster. He's been named, but apparently he has to get clearance and get this pin out. So Pezzett is still named in the reserves for now in Jersey 22, but that's the huge thing for the if he's playing or not. And the other one, which I'll look up in a second, Jerome Hughes is trying to get a downgrade to be able to play this week. So whether that's been cleared yet or not, there was live updates before. So, so far, Kafusi was found guilty. Fletcher Baker was cleared of his charge, so he doesn't have to pay a fine. And it looks like Jerome Hughes is still in there as we speak. So, not going to know there if he's going to be charged. So not sure about that one, but if Munster doesn't get cleared and Hughes is out, this is one of those ones that to me is again a nightmare. Like last week, I was going to tip the Titans, but he didn't know it was playing. Yeah. So if, if you're telling me right now that Hughes gets pinned and Munster's not getting that out, there's no way I could go with Melbourne. 
I'll be tipping Melbourne irrespective. Oh, yeah. I'm tipping them off the back of, again, those guys playing. But if Pezzett goes in and Hughes and Munster out, you're probably looking at Pezzett and Wishart playing. And then they're going to have to call two other guys in um, and get an exemption to fill the side in. So uh, Tarek's been named. So down in Melbourne as well, isn't it? Down in Melbourne, but that didn't matter against the Bulldogs. No, I, I understand that, but Bulldogs are different. Uh, West Tigers are a very different outfit to Canterbury. Mm. And the worst part about this, if he doesn't get the downgrade, he gets two weeks. So this is my point. You can't even go there and just challenge something. It's basically like if you challenge it, you, you cop it. lose, yeah. So they're risking it to get the business. We've said that on the show for, for years. It's, yeah, that part of it I, I do not like at all. Mm. So that's probably the big key there. I think if those guys are out, it'd be very interesting to see two guys try to steer that with, again, that lack of experience there. All on back last week was obviously a huge in. Um, the old jukebox he's just dishing out all the hits poor Tanner Boyd wasn't happy to see him mm. he absolutely abused him for the most part um, but yeah I guess this is another big one where I look at it and go well that, that that's a huge factor in those guys playing if they're playing I'm, I'm all Melbourne if yeah. they're both ruled out if the Tigers don't win this one they just may as well mail it in because that's a gift It'll be, uh, it's no right. Pap no Hughes no Munster Harry on his Pat with no other help yeah. That's that'd be a big red flag if they couldn't get up for that one. Yeah, it would be. But for now, not knowing anything else and how it's gonna play out, with bluebet.com.au the storm are a dollar thirty favourite. The Tigers currently three dollars fifty, eleven and a half starts. So even if you're a bit cheeky about uh the lineups and what could possibly ha- happen there, it's a fair bit of a start. Dolphins Broncos, the big clash on Friday. Uh, and this one here, obviously some question marks I heard today about Isaiah Katoa which would be interesting. That'd be a large blow. Mm. Uh, Nick Arama's obviously got to fill that hole at nine again. They've got Mason Teague on the bench. Donny Hughes gone out of the squad for now. Um, so obviously they'd be sharing that probably between Stone or Teague playing a little bit of nine to cover there with Cody. But if they lost Katoa, he's got Milford in the 21. So that would be his first game. He's apparently had a couple of good runs up in Queensland Cup and now confirmed that Felice Kafusi is out. He's in that lineup that we're looking at at this present moment. So Connolly Lamilu is already named there, and Kenny Bromwich is pushed up into the front row spot. But looking at what you've got there for now, he's got Jared Wallace and Nichols on the bench. Surely you'd have to start one of those guys, roll Kenny back in to the back row, and then call up another middle. So yeah. he's going to have to call up JJ Collins or Pulasa, Famasuli, who's in his squad, and then Milford would be halves cover if you lost the other way. So looking at that right there, I don't want to burst anyone's balloon who's riding the freight train right now. But if Brisbane don't have any of these problems and they're playing good football and all they're hearing about is the Dolphins. Uh, yeah. I, the one thing I will say yeah. is I'm sure Wayne will throw something out that'll bait Kevy, who can get quite emotional. So it wouldn't surprise me <laughs> if, if if the old dog has a few things this week to try and get Brisbane right up or get, the bear. get Kevy on the front foot who's... Been known to show his emotions at times and try and get him off He's their an game. Emotional but cat, that's for sure. I, I don't know if it's going to be enough for what Brisbane are rolling with. But that's his strength, Kevin. Mm. Brisbane are packed. They've got no injury concerns. They've got the same one to 17. Um, and Kobe Hetherington, who was great for them, is amongst the reserves. So he's working his way back from injury. So for them right now, the only play they're missing is Corey Yards. Yeah. And they've got great coverage in most positions. So uh, I know it's been a hell of a first three weeks. So I think this might be a bit of a different story, especially with those few question marks. So I'm going Brisbane to respond. Me too, my friend. Uh, I'm not, not going to say in a, a big way, but I wouldn't put it past Brisbane getting a, getting up for this one and making this fairly personal. So 
looking at this one, Bluebet wouldn't be happy with that. They're the major sponsor of the Dolphins, and with Bluebet, they're $3.50 outsiders again. Brisbane, $1.30 favourite, minus 12.5 there for the Dolphins, if you think they can show that resilience that they've shown for the first few rounds. Cowboys, Titans, this is an interesting game. Ruben Cotter's been ruled out for a month with a knee injury. You've got Shibasaki again filling in that center spot who didn't have the happiest of games last week. And the forward pack, which, you know, sort of struggled. It was good to see Lukey get a run back under his belt as well. Um, I'll be interested to see if he's not tempted to look at Brendan Elliott and reshuffle the back line in any way. But, yeah, the big one there is Griffin Neem coming in to start. Cotter looking like he's going to be out for a month. James Tarmow coming back in onto the bench, and Tommy Chester gets his second game uh, there at fullback starting. So, yeah, on the Titans side of things, they've got the same 17. Chris Randall again starts at hooker. Sam Varel was a poor bastard, can't catch a break. He had surgery. He had a rod put into his clavicle. So it looks like he's going to be out for at least six to ten weeks, I think I heard. Varel's yeah. So he just can't take a trip. No. And if he gets injured, he doesn't get something minor. He always ends up on the table, the poor bastard. Mm. Been cut more times than a Christmas turkey, <clears throat> but um, yeah, Isaac Fasuamaawi gets his spot on the bench, retains that one, and so does Joe Vuna. So uh, they're showing the faith for that seventeen. Do you think the Titans can go up there and beat them? Depends on what style of game it gets presented with. I think if it's a basketball game, then yeah, the Titans are a massive chance. I can't see that happening. I think the Cowboys they would have tackled all week, and Peyton will make them tackle until. They start tackling on the field. I I think the Cowboys, and that's the biggest question I've got on the Titans, just whether they can be resilient and win a grinding, tough, low-scoring game. Yet to see it, so I'll be going with the Cowboys. Yeah, I'm going to go with the Cowboys as well. Uh, but yeah, I'm more interested to see how their, their pack responds because they were pretty poor last week. And and the back five side of things, the Warriors did what they did last year to everybody. Mm-hmm. Just strangled on play one, two, and really put them on the back foot. But um, expect a bit of a response here. See what we'll get, but the odds on this one with bluebet.com are the Cowboys, a dollar fifty favourite at home. The Titans, two dollars sixty, minus six and a half the start there. Cracker late Saturday game. It's South up against Manly. Like we said, there'll probably be plenty of emotion on the South side of things, but two teams uh, that play a good brand of football on the South side of things, a couple of blows. Harme Sello failed his HIA last week. So he's subject to the new mandatory 11-day stand-down. So first game back, he's been ruled out. And then on the back of that, talked about middles. Shakai Mitchell has got a foot injury. So it looks like he's going to be out potentially for long-term. I'm hearing it might be a fracture, but it's not confirmed yet. And now Tavita Totola has an injury. So another guy had a head knock, only just got back, is out as well. Mm. So they're really leaning in their middle stocks there. So with that, Daniel Saluka Fafita comes in to start. Jacob Host, who's recovered from a calf injury, comes in as well. And Blake Taft joins the bench after 18th man. So you've got Fafita and Burgess starting in the middle. Host pushes into the back row of Kalama Tangi and Murray. And then their bench is now Cheek, Hamawali, and Jed. Who's their extended squad? Extended squad, Lovett, Hawkins, Talis Duncan, Tarn Milne, and Mamazulos. Interesting. So they're very light on for middles. Yeah, Saluka Fafita's been playing. The only genuine middle cut. on that bench is David Mwale. Because we play him, obviously, in cut this week. Mm. So. Well, I think a few of those guys aren't going to be there. No, I, I agree, yeah. But, yeah, Mwale's your only genuine bench middle, and he's only been giving him 
Mm. So you're going to have to ask Chi or Jed to play some minutes in the middle or flip a host or someone else in the middle. They're not going to yeah. move Kalamatungi. He's too important. And Murray's definitely no, going to play huge minutes. But like Burgess punches out a good stint for his <laughs> size. But Saluka Fafita, they're going to Saluka have... Fafita started on the weekend in New South Wales Cup. Yeah, they're going to have to roll light at some point and play with mobile and just try to hold. Yeah, how much um, did he play? On the flip of that, mind you, like... Played 60 minutes, so... The, the Manly bench isn't huge. You've got Kepi, who does a job, and Bullamore plays in the middle, and they've been rolling Trubojevic in for that 20 weeks in there, so... But I, I guess it's what they get out of their starters. Blake Taft played as well. Played 80, scored a try. Because, mm, you know, Jake's going to play huge minutes. Alloway plays good minutes. Um, mm. the, the edge is where I've got the most interest so in the matchup. Cheek him and Wiley. Mm. Yeah. So Wiley and Jed Cartwright. Yeah, none of them played cut last week, so... Yeah. Interesting. This could be yeah. an awkward one for Seattle. I'm going to tip Manly. Yeah, I, I think I'm going to go the same way South with those outs. A little bit... Yeah, a little bit shot ducks at the moment. Just, yeah, if, you, if you're lacking in middles, this is a team that can certainly punch holes there. I, I guess the other matchup I'll be looking forward to is, you know, the back row sort of matchup. You've got Kelmer who's on the left, who's going to be playing against Kalama Tungi. That'll be a bit of a battle. And then Jacob Host, your reintroduction to playing on the edge in first grade, is tackling Olapawatu. Mm, enjoy that. Good times. That's a hell of a lot of fun. Mm. Um, yeah, <laughs> enjoy. And I guess, you know, they're back five, like you said, is learning right now. Probably the most interesting thing you look for them is that edge that got picked apart a few times on the weekend. Cooler. Tuipalotu, that's the dangerous left side yeah, of South. Just, yeah, right side D for Manly. They haven't sort of unlocked that attack just as yet. There seem to be more on their right side, but there's no doubt that's where they'll be looking to go. Um, but this one will be a close one, I think, with the bookie, surely. And as we look at the odds, South with bluebet.com.au, $1.55 favourite. Manly, two forty five outsiders. So a bit of value there if you like the Eagles. They're four and a half at the line there. Uh, Dogs, Warriors started as a pick but now... As I've said, the doubt around those players, it's now been confirmed. Nickel Klukstad returns from a head knock to a peak. He goes to the reserves lift. Jackson Ford returns from his HIA, goes straight into the back row. Wade Egan, though, is out with that head knock. Freddie Lussick comes straight in to start. And Mitch Barnett is out as well with that neck injury, which didn't look great. So, um, you know, he's been more playing as a front row and then playing some extra minutes. They roll him out. Bunty R4 gets a start in the front row for Nua Blake. Forward into that back row with Nia Kore and Harris. They have that one-two punch again of Tavaga and Walker. Um, and, you know, I thought last week, Vallejo, who I'm a big fan of, good good entry after a few weeks in Cup, the warm-up, and Pompey obviously had a good game as well. Mm. So their back five's been outstanding. It'll be a good matchup for this young Bulldogs team where Serato's lucky enough to name the same 1-17. to um, It's never easy travelling over there, but that's two pretty big outs for the Warriors. So... Might uh, make things a bit more even. And for now, it's no longer a pick em. With bluebet.com.au, the Warriors' slight favourites at $1.85. The Dogs are $1.95. What are you, what are you thinking here? I'm going to go the Warriors. Think they can get the job done? Yeah, I do. I, do. I thought they were good against the Roosters. Well, this is the first one actually at Mount Smart, isn't it? So I'm going to go the Warriors. Like they went to Wellington. Yeah, I, I, it's just a flip of the coin. Yeah. And I always lean with the home team. They played week one in Wellington, which was a bit odd. You know, to start off with, it was there was a good crowd in, but the cake tin looks very empty at times. Yeah. Um, then they've come over here, had two tough games. Now they get to go to Mount Smart, so should be a bump crowd. Ripping Sunday um, in the sun there, and 
they're playing some good football. So I've backed them more on what I've seen from their back five and their defence and their resilience in the middle Yeah. to get the job done. But it should be a good game. So very close one, that one. Uh, and it's a triple on Sunday. They've, they've pushed one of the games over. We move on to the Knights and the Raiders at McDonald Jones. And they were tough last week and they get a couple of players in this week. Daniel Saifidi has been named for now despite his shoulder injury. Jaden Braley returns from a head knock. Jack Johns is back from his ankle injury. Tyson Gravel has been named among the reserves, so he could be a late inclusion. Greg Marju is in on the wing for Dom Young, who is out. Leo Thompson goes to prop. Hetherington goes back to the bench. Kurt Mann is back from his shoulder injury. And Dylan Lucas moves to 18th man. So that's an interesting one. So is Dom Young out altogether? Yeah, he is. They said, yeah, they're going to flick him. Yeah, heard that today. So I guess, I know he didn't have a great game last week. I think he made five or six errors. Um, but also the fact he's leaving, maybe they're not too worried about it. So play the guy they traded for him, Arju. Yeah. Um, so that's an interesting one. But on the Canberra side of things, Josh Papaletti, it's the first time he has been named. He recovers from that injury. Emre Gula goes to the bench. Trey Mooney is out. Zach Wolford replaces Danny Levi. That was horrendous last week. You see his broken jaw? Mm. They're looking for his teeth Not great. at half time. That's not what you're after. Um, so he's facing an extended stint. Uh, good opportunity there for Wolford to come in and fill the gap. And then Big Papa, he's back with Tarpening. I guess probably wouldn't expect huge minutes off a calf injury. Work back into no, things. No, yeah, he wouldn't want to. Sammy Solo's up against his old club. He's done a pretty good, fair job, I think, the first few Sammy weeks. Solo. Sammy Solo. I used to love commentating that on the New name. South Wales Cup. Well, Sammy Solo. But you got him and Big Red with Gula. It's a pretty handy middle rotation. Mm. So they're not going to have to worry on Big Papa, given the minutes that he needs. Warm into it. Uh, some good ins for Newcastle, and it is at home, but I, I think you go the Raiders here to make it two in a row. Yeah. And start to build after a bit of a rough start. So uh, generally, these two have good games against each other for some reason. And they used to do a pre-season game. I got to call it a few times for the NRL, which was great. They'd move different country towns. So they did Wagga, Bathurst, Orange. Like they'd move every year yeah. and bring the old Sid Fogg's bus and make a big weekend of it, and the towns would be packed out. So I'm not sure if they do that anymore. But Newcastle with bluebet.com.au. They're the $2.90 outsider. Dollar forty-one favorite are the Raiders. Minus 6.5 is the line there. And Battle of the Beaches to finish up. you got the Sharkies up against the Dragons, who... We're up to their eyeballs in it to the 70th minute last week and got blown out of the water. In terms of changes, the rookie, Toby Couchman, who debuted the week before, is back after suffering a head knock, so he's had a week off. Uh, Michael Molo is the man to make way, and Aaron Woods and youngster Amone are back into the reserves, according to NRL.com. I'm sorry, Aaron Woods, but you'll be staying in the reserves if I was picking that team. That team. The Sharkies, huge in for them. They've been waiting a few weeks, and there's been no rush for the way Braden Trindle's been playing, but Nico Hines is named for his first game of the year. So you've got no doubt they've waited until he's 100%. Because <laughs> Craig Fitzgibbon, to the point we made before, is not sitting there panicking at one and two. He needs this man to be healthy, and that's Absolutely. the most important thing. Yeah. And you know, I say it again, if they're not going to play him, they've got the fucking best backup half in the comp in Braden Trindle. Yeah. So that's pretty handy to lean on. But in that regard... They've kept him on the bench for an interchange. So just in case something happens there, um, and Jack Williams goes back to 18th man. So in this one, these are always close games. Just again, form has never really mattered, even when they've been going poorly or near the side. One has always been likely to upset the other one. But I think, again, similar to the Raiders, the Sharks 
we'll be looking to grab a win here and be two and two. Um, yeah, I'm on the show. Dragons won't make it easy for them after what you've seen the first few weeks, and these games always got plenty of feel. Should be a good crowd at Net Strata, but oh, Net Strata Jubilee Stadium. Yeah, bit of a yeah, sharks for me. Bit of a backing on the Sharkies, and looking at this now, the odds, Bluebet.com.au, the Dragons two dollar fifty outsider, a dollar fifty three favorite are the Sharks minus five and a half is the line there. Been looking at what we've tipped. We're identical this week. so And on top of that, you had another good week last week. You got six, only got four. I've started an absolute Barry Crocker. That's okay. Two forwards and a two. I've yet to go over 50%. Oh, yeah. yeah. Ten after three weeks. Not good. And as we check the live update for the judiciary to see if Hughes is cleared or what's doing, it's still bloody going. So, 9.35. Bellew is summarising both submissions with a verdict to come shortly. Hughes will be either free to play or face two weeks. That was 15 minutes ago. There's been no update since. They're still deliberating. Or fucking hurry up and deliberate while we're mm. on air. If Money Munster is Gornski's and Hughes is Gornski's for two weeks, the Tigers' odds at the moment... Well, yeah. just the Tigers' odds at the moment are good... Just based on how Melbourne have played. Tree Bipti. Oh, exactly. Yeah. But if you're at Tree Bipti with those two halves missing. Tree Fitty. Tree Fitty. I'll take a piece of Tree Fitty. Hmm. Mate, like, to, you know, and get like 12 and a half start, mate. It's pretty handy. Yeah, you like a 12 and a half start. I do. That's what but, the first charity bet was one of. Yeah. Couple of lines. Couple of starts for the team. Mm. I'm going to refresh this one more time. If not, we're, we're wrapping it up. Yeah. They're still going. They're giving us nothing. They're in there. They might be having a, you know. A couple of lemmingtons. It's been a long night. I was about to say, cake, cakes and coffee. Coffee and cake. A couple of lemmingtons, ladies and gentlemen. Just as we deliberate here, let's see if Fox Sports has got anything. We like to finish off with some random stuff. What, what do you like, cakes and, and biscuits, mate? What's your favourite? Would you prefer a cake or a bicky? Oh, I'm not a real big sweet tooth. Yeah, I know you're not. But you got to give me something. Oh, yeah. Brand, Caramel brandy. slice, custard tart, what, like something. Chocolate brownie. Chocolate brownie. With coffee. Blue, I like a blueberry muffin. Yeah, blueberry muffins are pretty bloody That's good. That's probably, probably my go-to. Well, the difference between menus. Or like a cinnamon cookie. I like a cinnamon cookie. If I didn't have self-control, I'd be a fucking out-and-out diabetic. I love sugar. <laughs> <Good>. <laughs> I love cake. Good. You know, I used to love, remember when you had your paper on when we were kids? Yeah. And I'd come with you, and I'd buy that the uh, the Vietnamese bakery. At Southlands, oh, yeah. she used to sell fucking bricks of caramel slice, not slices. Good enough. A brick, and you yeah. get it for two dollar, and it was outstanding. Yeah, but that thing there was like literally It'd be three days worth of kilojoules. Yeah, zero care factor. Yeah, just get it into me. We've just walked eighteen that, kilometers. That's right. Didn't get thrown in the back of someone's van or anything. No, nah, didn't fall for kids, that one. Kids just used to, parents just used to let their kids run yeah, around walk around six a.m. with a barrel of. Fucking papers, papers in a bag full of cash waiting to get snatched up. Yeah, imagine that. Blowing now. your whistle, pissing everyone off. Imagine that now. Oh, it'd be absolutely frowned upon now if you let your kid do that. Yeah. Uh, Paperboy would be good though. Jeez, I must have been in the last generation to do it. Man, I don't reckon you'd make any money now. No, no, I get it. But for me, I like a paper. I like a hard copy. I Sunday like morning, I'd, I'd love to wake up and have a paperboy. Mate, I still buy the paper Sundays depending on what job we're on what we're doing. If they're like, oh, where we've... I don't because we I don't go out on a Sunday. 
No, I'm I'm during the week. I'm like Ben and Tradie, if they say we're oh, yeah, we've got to wait buy, an if hour. I can buy a paper, I will. Yeah, yeah. if I've got to wait for traffic and trailers set up or we've got testers in then they're going it's gonna take an hour or something to do this. If we go get a coffee, the first thing I do is always grab the paper. Mm. Most of them like you've got it on your phone too. I'm like, I don't care, I like the physical yeah, paper like if paper, I've got yeah. time. See I never read. Well, I used to buy it at school. Subscribe to it at school, but they canned it, it's all online. Mm. We break out the quiz too. Yeah. I like doing the quiz when we yeah. got a couple of You gotta do that. A couple of us there. That's always a good time. Remember a deaf guy I worked with at Kings Park who had a question about someone who won the Oscar for Dallas Buyers Club. I was like, Jared Leto, and he couldn't hear me. I yelled at him about four times. He's like, no wonder it was Jared Leto. Oh, there's Spud, Spud Carroll. Spud. Big Spud. What's going on? Let us say he had a diagnosis. No, a weekend away or something. I don't know. I'll just look at I'll turn it on to think, well, see if, see if, the see if there's anything on there. Nothing. This looks like a replay. It is a replay. Fucking I'm replays. still... 9.53. There you go. It's finally up. Jerome Hughes is unsuccessful. He misses two games. Oh. Yeah. The, the judiciary is fucked. Honestly. Oh, oh, settle down. They want to rub out anyone and everyone. Stop, like, f- stop dog-shotting people. Anyone get rubbed out? Oh, mate. Mate. Jerome, Melbourne, see? Felice got a month. He's not a Melbourne anymore. Yeah, I still don't need a Melbourne player. He's not a Melbourne player. What's Spud doing? He's got no clothes on. Yeah, good. He's in his grads. At Brookie. Must have been hot in the coaches, but oh, in the commentary box. I don't know, but that's interesting. It was hot as hell. Absolutely hot as hell. Good times. Probably see him on, um, see him on the weekend. Well, there you go. There's still a lot of to. He likes to come down for the, uh, talk to the front rows at New South Wales Cup when he's calling the game. I like to talk to the front rows. Can I get your front rows? Where is it? <laughs> Have the odds changed already? Yeah, mate. There they, you go, yeah. Too hot. He took his clothes off. They've taken it down immediately. The Storm Tigers odds are gone. Yeah. Well, Which uses out. Yeah, smart. So, you ain't getting your tree feeding. No, you're getting probably... Probably too bitty. Oh. Well, Munster's under a cloud too. If that pin's not coming out... Munster's playing now, big boy. <laughs> not if that doesn't come out. He can't play. It needs to come yeah, out. Yeah, he'll play. Nah, I wouldn't risk him. If, if it's not ready, you don't do it. Yeah. It's not worth the risk for the team. We'll see, pal. Got to think about the long term for the play. Yeah, we'll big fellas. Mm. Well, that'll wrap us up. Chaos. 20 plus suspensions and fines. Blake rubbed out left, right, and center. Still some injuries, some great games. I saw a couple of movies this week, actually. I saw the new Creed. I saw that 65. What the hell is that? That's old mate, Adam Driver. Yeah, I'll Running like around. You know, he used to be a Marine. There you go. Crazy. There's a few actors that used to be Marines. You know, Gene Hackman was a Marine. There you go. No. Fun fact the legendary Gene Hackman from The Replacements. What a movie. Great movie, that. Yeah, 65 was all right. Didn't you run around shooting dinosaurs and shit with a laser gun? Yeah, that's awesome. Also, I think it was... Who was it? I think Give it was, me an extreme popcorn and a Coke No Sugar and away I go. Johnny Gerda last week enjoyed the, the Grim Reaper comment. And I, we had oh, a bit Grim of, Reaper? The Grim Reaper hook around the corner. Oh, no, yeah, to laugh, okay. saying, well, yeah. everyone should try one or two to knock the boy out. It's a bit more of an NFL thing, but also got sent to the quantum realm myself at one point where Big Abraham that used to play for Blacktown just come and absolutely hooked me one in the face. <laughs> two black eyes and a nose. He got the ball out, but he also put me to sleep. So yeah. thanks, Abraham, wherever you are. You're a good, you're a good bloke. <laughs> I'll bite my tongue. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah, good. Well, there you go. No new shows. Not getting many suggestions through on the page either. For what? Just anything. Anything. Books or Throw it movies there. or if you got TV shows. shows. It's all good. These Muppets, they want to take, take, take. Give back. Give you give, you give, you give, and you get off and back. Tick, tick, tick. 
What a great man. Yeah, that's where I was going. Bit of Andy Tate. YouTube, YouTube it, ladies and yeah, gentlemen. Said it many times. Andy Tate, Manchester. Andy Tate, David Moyers when he was the coach. Yeah. Absolute comedy gold for a punter that's a hardcore fan who says tick, tick, tick. he literally says you give and you give, you give, you get nothing back after they'd won like eight Premier League titles in however yeah. many years. It's their first year without Fergie and he's just crying absolute red murder yeah. that they've been robbed. It's like, well, mate, how unhappy are you? You win a bloody title every two years and you're just filthy at the world. I happened to turn SEN on, oh, it might have been yesterday morning or the morning before, and they were talking about the A-League. Like, apparently Sydney FC are in absolute carnage at the moment. Well, they're trying to bring more teams in. Canberra. Apparently they got spanked by the Wanderers on the weekend and the fans are blowing up. They want the manager sacked and they're bagging out the Haven't CEO. Haven't they won like two of the last three as well? I don't know. I don't watch it at all. Well, I know a lot of... I was like, it must be serious if A-League's getting a run on SEN. I know a lot of Tigers types that jumped off and said because the McCarthy area's been neclected, they're getting on the Bulls and now they've already jumped off the Bulls. The Bulls, I hate the Bulls. So, yeah, that's a bit odd. Outraged by everything. It's just that, yeah. It's outrage. Yeah. <laughs> I'm thinking of, uh, what is it, the bloody Australian episode of The Simpsons. It's a bloody outrage. It's a bloody outrage. <laughs> Andy, Prime Minister. Uh, that's great. Oh, well, we'll wrap it up. That's a bit of dribble at the end for you. But big thank you to bluebet.com.au. Fingers crossed we can find a charity winner this week. I would have jumped on the tigers at Tree Bipti, but they've already taken that away from me. That would have been a handy slash. I don't what about mind. these piece of shit games in India? Like What game are you talking about? The, uh, one day that was on uh, yesterday. I don't care about the cricket. Mate, it was ridiculous. Was they, India got bowled out for 120 and Australia got it numbed down. It was all over. Was Done. That, that much cricket, I Pack just Pack your bags care. and away you go. Yeah. The Ashes will be good, though. I'm off it. The Ashes I'm all about. But in England. All this random yeah, stuff at the moment, I, I couldn't care less. Yeah, okay. Isn't there like an American Premier League I saw the other day and a couple of guys got picked don't, for the I, San Francisco or something? I was like, I don't what, know, the, what the fuck is I this? Don't, I don't know. There's a few blokes going over, apparently. Mitch Marsh and somebody else. I was like, okay. No. For the right price. Well, that's the thing. I was like, they play cricket? Hmm. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know, mate. It's a bit of an odd one. I don't know what you're talking about, But uh, thank you, bluebet.com.au, for supporting us and the charity account. If you're going to bet with anyone, do it with the true blue bookie. Thank you to Toby uh, and the crew there to get you moving. Sinclair, Hyundai, Penrith. Get on board, www.sinclairhyundai.com.au. And Jake and the Penrith Solar Center, www.penrithsolar.com.au. There's no one better to help you and your family put some money back in your back pocket, invest in your home and yourself with a great system from Penrith Solar. Everybody else, there's some cracker games, like we said. The first derby between the Broncos and the Dolphins. You've got the grand final rematch in the Battle of the West, the Eels and the Panthers. Souths and Manly, two, uh, you know, Big old school rivals there in the Battle of the Beaches with the Dragons, the Sharks. Another cracker weekend of NRL. Fingers crossed it is just that. But for now, enjoy your week and enjoy your rugby league. Bring it on. Give us more. Give us more. Where are you going? Where, what, 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 what's going on here? Is that it? Is that it? Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, 
Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.